We are ready to do another draft. This time it's not a mock draft, it's a real draft with hosts across the Locked On Podcast Network. Michael Bolton. Let's get to it. it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We've done some mock drafts. Now it's time for a real draft, and this one is with hosts right across the Locked On Podcast Network. It's a 12-team, nine-category, head-to-head league. We're doing it on Yahoo, so you're going to see this draft play out. It's a it's a real draft that we're going to have uh, yeah, bragging rights, I guess, across the network to do this. Unfortunately, I'm picking in the shittest spot possible at pick number 12, but that's just how this stuff goes sometimes. So let's see how this all plays out as we head into uh, the first Locked On Podcast Network Fantasy League draft. We'll be, uh, we'll be there in a sec. Countdown's on to the beginning of the draft, and I've got a few of the Locked On Podcast Network hosts here uh, with me. I've got Doug Norrie and Adam Armbrecht from Locked On Nets. Sean Coleman from Locked On Grizzlies is here. Sean Woodley is here from Locked On Raptors. Some other hosts will be dropping in um, as we go along, as we get ready to this, for this first this first selection in the uh, in the first ever Locked On Podcast Network uh, Fantasy League. Adam, thank you to you for, for getting this kicked off. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you for uh, taking the reins because it really, I like to be the brainchild and I don't want to do the legwork. So it's worked out really well for me. Yeah, it was a, it was a good idea to get it started. I did try this in the past and it never really got going, but we're, we're ready to go here. 12 teams in this uh, in this league and we are ready to kick off right now with uh, with Doug, Doug Branson, who is a former host of Locked on Hornets, is still working across the network there. Doug is at pick number one and he is uh, he's on the clock and ready to make the selection. And he goes with Anthony Davis. So Doug Norrie of Locked on Nets, that brings you to pick number two. So what are you going to do now, pick number two? How scared of you are you of James Harden here at this spot? Well, I was going to pick Davis too here. So it was between Davis or Luca, and I was, I'm not going to pick Harden. So I'm going to take Luca. Okay, so um, I'm just too, wor- too worried about the change of scenery possibilities or the fact that he just doesn't there's no engagement. So uh, I wanted Davis, but um, I'm, ha- I'm happy with Luca as a consolation prize. Talk me into Luca then because you know, I'm, I'm not picking him at number two. I, I don't um, look how, how, where is he getting better from last year? That's pushing him from when he was like in your 12th or 13th rank last year. Are you just expecting his steals, field goal percentage, free throw percentage to all rise to that level? I think there are better options there. So just tell me on why you're getting him at two. Yeah, I think among this group, I'm the least concerned about his playing time opportunity as compared to like the Towns piece. I'm gonna I'm gonna draft him and then I'll say it. But um, I'm concerned with some Towns stuff, especially around the mental piece. I'm concerned with Curry's injuries. I'd probably be between Luca or um, Giannis at this point. But I'm just in terms of overall volume. I wish it wasn't a turnover league. That was why I wanted Davis. But I like Luca just for the overall opportunity as compared to the rest of that group. And like I said, I'm really worried about a change of scenery and motivation piece with Harden. Well, Sean Woodley, that puts you on the clock here at number three. So you do have the option to go with James Harden. So what are you going to do? Yeah, I'm staying away from Harden, mostly because like my approach to fantasy is I want to pick dudes who I like watching. And uh, James Harden doesn't really cover that for me. Um, I think I'm probably going to go Giannis here. Uh, frankly, uh, this is the first time I've played fantasy basketball in many years. And so I'm bad at this. And 
Giannis is... He does everything. He gets the steals. He gets the blocks. He scores a million points a game. He feels like the right pick. I'm waiting for Josh to confirm that I'm the right, making the right call here. I'm going to take Giannis. No, I think it's I think it's totally fine to take Giannis there. Your free throw percentage is in trouble. His steals and blocks did drop quite a bit last year, but I, I think it's fine to take him. But the fact that uh, Harden, Curry, and Towns are still uh, on the board, it must be pretty exciting for the blokes that are picking in the next three picks. It's Ben Beacon with Locked On Wolves here. He's not with us on the show, but he is uh, ready to make his selection. And he snaps up his uh, his hometown boy, Carl Anthony Town. So obviously no worry there. No worries there. Brendan Clean is now ready at pick six. James Harden absolutely just plummeting here. Uh, I wonder if Adam is going to get potentially. Oh no, there he goes. Brendan takes him at number six. So now Adam, you are on the clock at number seven. What are you doing? Yeah, I, I, listen, I was hoping that, uh, you see how it fell in front of me there. Maybe I would have taken a, a look at Harden because he falls down a little bit. Um, obviously, even if he leaves from, from Rockets in some type of trade, he's still going to be high volume wherever he goes. But I'm pretty content to go ahead and grab the Joker here at this pick and just feel good about him when you got Murray emerging from last season, uh, Porter Jr. as well. The opportunities are always going to be there for him. Uh, I don't care if he's a little doughy around the middle. He slimmed out for the bubble. Feeling good about it. Um, now, you guys, you may or might not listen to this podcast, but you know, there, there are certain players that I have certain uh, nicknames for or, or for sound drops for. And uh, Nikola Jokic, Big Chungus, that's one of them. And yeah, so he goes off the uh, off the board there at number seven. We have got Sean. You're on number eight. So, so many of these guys all in a row. Then Jackson's coming up next. Um, Sean, pick eight. I know what I'd be doing. What are you doing? I was hoping that uh, you know Joker and Harden would certainly fall to me. I felt that they were good values there, but um, I think that I'm going to go Trey Young. Uh, I know that uh, there's a lot of quantity, hopefully a little bit of quality in his game uh, this time around with some you know a much stronger supporting cast around. I know that really doesn't help the counting stats, but perhaps you know the efficiency goes up a little bit. Um, the turnovers are, are a bit concerning with the turnovers counting in this league, uh, but hopefully uh, his shot shot percentage goes up. I think the threes and the points he certainly helps that in that category. Category, obviously assists. So to get that elite production from the point guard position in several different categories, I think it was too hard to pass up with the ability to improve from last year. Jackson Gatlin, you are here with us. You are ready to make a pick. You have had a couple of blokes just really fall into your lap here. So I'm really interested to see what you're going to do. Are you there? Jackson, can you hear me? You are allegedly here, but I can't hear you talking. Anyway, well, if you are, oh, in. I'm here. No, oh, I'm, here. I'm here. All right, let's go. go. Let's go. Make the pick. technical difficulties. What are we doing here? I'm really torn between uh, between Dame and Steph at this point. Uh, I'll give you a spoiler. You can't go wrong, really. Uh, I'm I'm going to go against my better judgment, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Curry. Why is that against I, your I better judgment? He, I think that he has. I think that he has a chance to you know without having to share the backcourt with Clay to uh, to really explode this next season uh, but at the same time we thought that last season and he broke his hand five games in so i'm i'm a little terrified right now you can't uh you can't predict you know aaron baines falling on someone's arm and, and breaking the hand like you just you just can't do it and i'm, I'm with you I, th- I would have taken curry there but whoever this is it's picking next has got an absolute gift with damian lillard falling to him locked on nicks at number 10 that means we're coming up to my selection i hate picking at number this or oh, devin booker goes to ryland at number 11 all right so it's my pick so I'm here at number 12. It's a terrible spot to be picking. Kawhi is great on a per-game basis. He's going to miss games. We know that. Kyrie is good on a per-game basis. Joel Embiid is also good on a per-game basis. And uh, and those guys are, are all gone. Um, so that's making things a little bit, little bit tougher for me here. Um, I think, what am I going to do here at this, at this spot? I've got 40 seconds left. 
Is Jason Tatum gone already and I've missed it? Yes. Where did he go? Let's have a look. He went. He oh, he went. went. Oh, Celtics took him at four. I didn't even mention that. Jason Tatum went at number four. So John taking him at number four. Uh, Corral has just taken the Celtics pick. Yeah. What a homer. Exactly. Exactly. So what am I going to do here? I, th- oh, I think at this point, God, I don't want to do it, but I'm going to take Kawhi with this first uh, first pick. It's you know, given the guys that are around, I think he's the right one. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> the next one is the tough one now because I'm not going to back him up with Kyrie. Um, this, is, this is for you guys who don't listen to this podcast. There's stupid sounds that are going to be coming all through to you guys here. Now, I don't know what I'm going to do here. I th- do I take his teammate? I reckon I might. Do I just... Do I take Paul George? Not not his teammate, Lou Williams, of course. Do I take Paul George here? Because uh, I don't want another injury guy. I don't want Durant. I don't want LeBron resting. I don't want Embiid resting. I am... Yeah, let's go. Let's go full uh, full Clippers here and take Paul George to uh, to kick off round two. Just hope you don't find say- yourself down 3-1. Yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully that's not a problem for us here. Let me let me just say I think it's only fair that Josh gets the worst spot to draft that because he's going to still uh, destroy us all. Well, not necessarily. Doug Doug's a big fantasy guy as well. Doug uh, Doug Norrie on this call maybe he and he's got the advantage of picking at number two. So let's see how it goes. But picking at twelve, Doug, I think you'd agree it's a pretty shit spot to pick. If if you're still there, Doug. Oh, sorry. What was I? Sorry, I missed I missed the question. I was I looking said, at. Uh, I was... As a fantasy guy, picking at twelve is a pretty shit spot to be picking. Yeah, it's terrible here. Like the first like six or seven, you really kind of can swap them out any way you want to. But then at the end, you you run into so many question marks. Like like what you have with Kawhi, it's just the the volume. You're just gonna. I mean, week I, to I week, like I guess head to head, it's a little different. But the because you can kind of maybe plan ahead on it a little better. But the it, there's just there's just so much rest built in that it just really hamstrings you. Yeah. Now Ryland. Again, I love seeing these team hosts. Ryland's the host of Locked on Thunder. He's gone here at pick number uh, 14 with Shea Gildas-Alexander, which is not far off where he needs to go, but we've got Jason Tatum going to the Celtics podcast. We've got Towns going to the Wolves podcast, and now we've got yeah, Shea going to the Thunder podcast. Let's see if um, Obi Toppin's going to the Knicks here at round two, if they're going to really follow, follow on with this, with this selection. <laughs> I, would, I would hope they Look, don't. Look, for me three, it was either Giannis or Kyle Lowry. So <laughs> I reckon yeah, I reckon and, you're going to get he- the chance for Lowry. In the ultimate sense of irony, we've also got Curry and potentially KD headed to the uh, Locked On Rockets podcast, so that'd be great. Oh yeah, that that would be uh, that would be very interesting. So, you, so you're targeting uh, KD here with your pick coming up? Uh, we'll, we'll we'll see. We're we got a second left. Oh, there you go. LeBron right. goes off to uh to the Knicks. LeBron Jones. Jackson, you're up at pick number sixteen. Here we go. Can't believe I'm doing it. Yes, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, the, it is. The band's back together. All right. So how worried are you with Durant's age? Achilles recovery, back-to-back rest. I've obviously got back-to-back issues with Kawhi, but what do you think? What do you think Katie's going to look like before we get to? Well, I'm, I, I, I am, you know, I am concerned about that, but at the same time, uh, the, you know, what we've seen out of him so far, just the footage, you know, he he looks solid, but at the same time, you know, he's going to have to be present for the for the Nets to have any any, uh, I guess, uh, presence in the East because that the East is extremely top-heavy right now. You know, those top five, six teams, uh, if they want good playoff positioning, I'm kind of expecting a strong season from him hopefully yeah i just worry about the 
is the explosion gone 10%? Does he get to the line as much? Does he block as many shots? Uh, does the shooting percentage drop two percentage points? It's not much, but it, it can make a difference. Sean, I know you're on the clock, so I'll get to you. What are you thinking uh, about your selection here? Well, there you go. You've made your pick. So you've gone with yeah, a, a solid, really reliable option, Trey Young, although there are concerns about how the usage goes there in Atlanta. And you've taken Joel Embiid. I think Embiid's back-to-back resting is overblown. He sat two back-to-backs all of last season, so I'm not that worried about it. What are you thinking, Sean? Well, and and I think that's why you see the center position. You see it being so heavily valued in this first 15 to 20 picks with Joker and Anthony Towns and Davis. I think Embiid certainly is in that running as is the true third or fourth best center option. And with Maury, Embiid's already shown the ability to be able to shoot from three. Can he... uh, lot more of that potential plus potentially passing out two three-point shooters so you could see a boost in three-point shots assists perhaps better field goal percentage with a focus on being at the rim as well I think there's room to go for Embiid for him to truly be that third best center after or excuse me fourth best center um, or in the conversation for third best with um, the uh, ta- with Towns uh, Joker and um, Davis going forward Adam you're on the clock here and um, you're about to make your pick at 10 seconds left so to talk us through this one yeah, I mean, listen, I got a bigger body there at the start of it, so I better hurry up and make this selection before I run into a problem here. I'm going to dip down the list a little bit Whoa. there and grab Donovan Mitchell. Okay. There's some other names up there that obviously I could go at. Um, if I want to talk about you know, looking at Beal and saying maybe he's going to end up somewhere else, even if it's potentially you know a trade to Brooklyn, and now I'm looking at him with a mix of other volume shooters – And also, from my fantasy perspective, which this could be completely off base, but I'm looking for a little bit of positional crossover ability so I can line up guys at multiple positions on a night-to-night basis. So get Donovan Mitchell there, plays both guard spots, and he's going to be heavy on the offense, obviously, still there in Utah. Yeah, he is, but I'll I'll throw this out at you, Adam. And um, Donovan Mitchell's never been a top 40 player in fantasy in his first three seasons, so... You're expecting, a, you're expecting a jump. Maybe it happens, um, but he's never been... I think he's been ranked 43rd, 44th, and 45th in his uh, in his three seasons so far. He was massive in the bubble. I have some concerns that that continues, but uh, we'll see how it goes because getting scoring is really important in these early rounds. That's just a tip to all you guys on this call here. Getting players who are high scorers, it just doesn't happen after, say, round four or five. There's not many of them left. Um, we just had Bradley Beal go after Donovan Mitchell and then Ben Simmons go to Locked On Wolves. Um, now John is on the clock again. Uh, he took Jason Tatum in round one. Uh, let's see where he's going. Bam out of bio go. So now Sean, it's back to you. Uh, you uh, Bam is gone. You took Yanni at uh, at pick three. So what are you going to do on the on the way back around here? Yeah, I was thinking about taking Bam, but I am instead going to take DeAndre Ayton. I think. Um, you know, you mentioned high scores. He's going to score a bunch, I would assume, on that team. Just like getting every pass from Chris Paul. So. DeAndre Ayton, hopefully he doesn't get suspended for juicing. Let's uh, let's hope that he's learned his lesson with uh, you know tainted supplements, and he doesn't have to uh, <laughs> have to sit out twenty five games a- again moving forward. Doug, it's you, Doncic in round one. Here you go at pick twenty three on the way back. What are you doing? Yeah, the biggest fish move ever on these things is to say the guy before you took who you're going to pick. But that's uh, the Bam, the Bam Ayton thing was a uh, was a blow. I'm, I'm probably going to take Westbrook here just to. Lot to, to firm up scoring. I'm going to have to find some blocks later. My efficiency isn't great. I'm going to lose turnovers every week. Um, but no, I think I think Westbrook's the right pick here, to be honest. Yeah, like, I, but just these other guys just don't have anywhere close to the volume. So I'm just going to have to. I'm punting turnovers for a hundred percent sure, and then we'll have to pick up some efficiency and blocks later. But I'm not worried about that because streaming centers is a little bit easier um, on a week to week basis. So 
I'm going to go Westbrook here. Yep, and you can you can always grab DeAndre Jordan in round four after the organization makes him the starter over Jared Allen. So you've got that going for you, Doug. <laughs> Good Lord. The other Doug is on here, Doug Branson. He picked Anthony Davis. He is not on the call, but so we'll see exactly what he does here because he's got two picks back-to-back. And then we're, after his first one here, we're, we're through two rounds of this draft. Um, Kyrie Irving still... Still on on there, Doug. Would you consider him coming back to you? Your uh, your Brooklyn Nets man. Would you grab him in the next next go round? Yeah, he's going to be huge scoring because especially the nights where Durant sits, the usage is going to absolutely go through the roof. And so you're going to have probably good decent usage even on the best of nights. And then you know it's a DFS move uh, oftentimes, but when you it's addition by subtraction on some of these guys. So and Kyrie 100 percent fits the bill on that. The nights that KD sits, he's going to just put up. So many shots. So yeah, I think you have it both ways here. This is it's a pretty good value. It doesn't do some of the other stuff, although it does get some random steals, but the efficiency is pretty good for the volume and the scoring. He's just an elite scorer, and you're gonna have some nights of absolutely totally elite scoring. Uh, does um, Harden potentially come into the nets at all make you worry about Kyrie in a redraft type setup in fantasy basketball? No, nah, because I think the I think the the steps that have to bring Harden to the Nets are are so many and so far off that it wouldn't worry me too much about drafting him for value here, especially just around the guys that are around him at this point. Like, well, I don't want to say some of these guys that I wouldn't take over him, but just in case somebody wants to. But the, um, in terms of what you get from him, there's probably like one other guy I would take at this spot, but it's but he has a totally different skill set than Kyrie. But no, that wouldn't worry me worry me at all. Jimmy Butler co-signed from Lock On Rockets. Yep, I I. I agree with all of that as well. Jimmy Butler goes at 24. The other thing, Doug, I want to talk to you about here is you know, Kyrie. People go, he's going to sit back to backs. I don't think that's going to be the case. He had a shoulder injury last year. It wasn't his knee, which has been prob- prob- problemsome. You know the word I'm trying to say. Troublesome. That's the word I'm yep. trying to say. Um, I, I, he's, I don't think he's just coming in with it while well, I'm sitting every back to back. How do you view that? No, I don't think he's a candidate for that at all because it just hasn't been. I mean, it has been in the past, but the injuries that he's dealt with since this year are, you know, the shoulder piece and. There's just been no signaling of that. The only the only thing I would worry about with Kyrie here is the team is so deep, especially a guard, that you could see him get buzzed off minutes that way just because they had uh, Dinwiddie and, and Levert there where they don't need the crazy tax him early. And so that would be my only concern. It wouldn't be the resting the back-to-back. It would be reduction in minutes just because they have so many functional ways to back him up. John Collins went at 25, so he's off the board. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried about what's happening with John Collins this year. I'm really concerned about that. Um, but maybe Doug knows more than me that maybe he thinks that John might be getting traded to his team, the uh, the Charlotte Hornets, no, which I, would be massive for It's him. actually not that that I don't like him for. It's that he's not going to start the five. His numbers were so much better last oh, yeah. year when he started at center than when he started at the four because they kind of stick him in the corner and just have him do nothing when he plays power forward. And Capella being on the court means he gets relegated to this like corner three role. So you see the rebounding numbers really dip when he plays with a with a true center on the court, and actually that's my bigger concern than the trade. Oh, it's my concern is oh, you got to make your pick, Doug. But my concern with Collins is oh gosh. Uh, oh, can you pause this for a second? I'm gonna pick. I'll, I'll take Kyrie here, but um, okay. I, just, I totally missed it. Actually, <laughs> I kind of panicked. Bleed over from the uh, Locked On Nets podcast where sometimes I panic there. I, I panic there. I actually meant to take Gobert, but um, that's all right. <laughs> sure. Can our can our commissioner announce the picks better? Geez. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. I was too busy getting into the discussion because about John Collins, my worry is is similar: is that he is going to see fewer rebounds, fewer blocks, yep. playing on the perimeter more, drop your field goal percentage down as well. Plus, Dinla Gallinari is backing him up. Capella's there. Akongu's there at center. He's just not going to play the thirty-four or thirty-three minutes a night. I think it might be maybe it's thirty-two, maybe it's thirty-one, but losing your ten percent of your playing time plus your rebound, your blocks, your field goal percentage, he's just not. He was like ranked twelfth or thirteenth last year. He was massive. He's just not going to be able to do that. I don't mind it at the start of round three. 
but I think there might have been other options around there. Sean, what are you doing? So I'm down to two guys who are very cool uh, and fun, which is, again, number one criteria for me. Uh, I'm either going to go Jaw or Pascal and take the homer pick, um, but I'm kind of balking at both at the moment. I... Uh, uh, I'd go Kendrick Nunn. Go Kendrick yes. Nunn. Yeah, I'm going to go with Pascal Siakam. Why the hell not? All right, interesting. So we're at pick 27 there for Pascal, who was a big disappointment last year. He's actually worse than Kyle Lowry in fantasy. I thought you would have taken Kyle Lowry there, Sean. That was that was your opportunity. But he's uh, <laughs> there's zero chance that he's getting back to you. I'm, I'm, I'm guaranteeing you that. There's no way he's getting back to you. Locked on Celtics take Ja Morant at pick 28. Probably a little bit high for Ja, in, in my opinion. He doesn't hit threes. He doesn't get steals. He's going to play more minutes than last year. Sean Coleman, I'll, I'll confirm that with you. He only played like 39. He's playing more this year, isn't he? He is. He's probably going to be playing closer to 35. And I know the steals and threes are certainly counting stats that you would like to improve. The steals, they may be out there. There was some more effort on defense in the bubble. The threes, it's just naturally going to have to be there. Our coach talked about it. It seems like there's going to be a lot of effort to get him focused on threes. So I wouldn't be surprised if he pushes maybe 110 to 123s this year um, You know, with a couple games in which he could get three or four. So I think that those areas he could improve. But, of course, he gives the good field goal percentages for guards that you love to see. Yeah, that, that is true. So after Miranda, it was Andre Drummond. Then it was Rudy Gobert. Adam, what are you doing? You've got a minute left on your pick here at 31. Yeah, I'm going to do I'm gonna do the same thing I did last time where I scroll a little bit down the list and leave some really good players for other people Thank out you. there. So, uh, so generous of Gilding you. the lily. That, that Doug is a lot more of uh, the expert here within our fantasy realm. Um, I mean, listen, I don't know. Maybe Vucevic on a really bad team is worth taking. Then you got Zion sitting there too. But I'm actually going to go down a little bit again. For whatever my logic might be around filling out my roster positions and having some versatility, uh, I'm going to go ahead and just scroll down a little bit there and grab uh, Brendan Ingram there from the Pelicans. So you're not worried about the impact of Zion Williamson because Ingram struggled in the bubble, and when he played next to Zion, he just didn't have that same impact. He wasn't that number one guy. You're not worried about that impact because he's about the same area he was last year, but he didn't play with Williamson for the whole year pretty much. Yeah, I'm actually hoping that the evol the evolution of their game together still ends up getting him his looks and it kind of bounces itself back out. I also don't mind the fact that they went out and got Steven Adams there to play at the five for them. So if he's going to be getting minutes on the floor, we know that he's not an offensive player, let's put it that way. So uh, I'm hoping that there's some second chance opportunities and it kind of falls into Ingram. He's allowed, able to do maybe a little bit even more of that work from the perimeter potentially. Sean Coleman, you made your pick. It is the headmaster, Jamal Murray. Um, are you hoping for the bubble form to continue? Well, the bubble form I do, I would love for that to continue, but I'm hoping that at this point, you know, when it comes to, you were talking about, for instance, Donovan Mitchell, you know, the big scores, you know, they're, they're great to have, but can they contribute in other areas? I'm hoping that perhaps with some of the losses that the, um, um, nuggets were to have experienced maybe a few more minutes per night a bit higher usage a bit more of the you know across the board counting statistics to support his shooting and he has good, pretty good percentage numbers as well so i don't think it's the bubble but i do think he could take that next step forward and if he does you know you're looking at you know a premier score with the ability to contribute in other areas at least be relevant in other areas so where are we at the next pick it is jackson what are you doing uh, I think I'm I'm torn between uh, Vucevic and Zion. I'm sitting on these two. I'm 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 torn. <sighs> torn now I've got the dinging in my ears, out. which is awesome. It's running out. Let's go. Yeah, Vucevic, it is. Vucci main. Okay, so that's 
just as really rock solid and boring as it gets. Well, there's Zion straight off the off the board uh, after you. So Vooch goes at 33, Zion at 34. Zion's free throw percentage is an absolute disaster. The Knicks team is interesting because LeBron's free throws isn't great. Lillard's is fantastic, but Williamson is just really shitting all over that. So that, that's a real problem. Rylan has taken Devin Booker and Shea with his first two picks. He probably doesn't have another Thunder guy to grab at this spot. I'm just hoping he doesn't take who I want to grab with this next selection, and that is Yusuf Nurkic. So we'll see if I can get Nurk sliding through to me here at the end of round three. That's the, the direction I'm looking for. Nurkic was the ninth-ranked player on a per-game basis last year. Absolutely dominated in the bubble, and I think he's going to have another big one this year, especially with Zach Collins sidelined to uh, begin the season, and the fact that he's significantly better than Zach Collins doesn't hurt as well. Rylan looking to make his pick here. I don't know what else I'm going to do with my next pick. Sean Woodley, I'm thinking of taking Kyle Lowry just to really get to you. Um, but I'm not sure that's the direction I'll go with. I might. Nurkic, if he can be healthy this year, he has an inside track to be possibly one of, if not the biggest bargain in the NBA. He was an absolute nightmare for Portland in the bubble. To, speaking from a Grizzlies perspective, facing him twice, his across-the-board production is unbelievable when he's on. Ryland's timing out. He must have disappeared, and he, he chose Chris Paul. That's all right. I'll, uh, you can take Chris Paul. I'm, uh, I'm okay with that. Is my pick, and I am snagging. Yusuf Nurkic, and now it's my next pick, and this is where I am debating. It's a travesty if Kyle Lowry doesn't go to Kalau's dumper. Yeah, like I'm I just know. saying. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm probably I'm, I'm not going to. I will him. buy you things if you uh, leave them for me. <laughs> I am I am not going to make the selection of Kyle Lowry here. What I am going to do do I do I take another Raptors player instead? Hmm. Or do I? T- yeah, you know what? Let's go, Fred VanVleet. Frederick, Frederick yes. Van Fleet. Freddie. Fred Van Vliet, back to the Raptors. Why was, Fred over Kyle? Um, because a lot of Lowry's value is is tied into assists. I'm not caring about the assists here with this team. Uh, Van Vliet is younger and less likely. Lowry has consistently had injuries late season and does wear down a little bit. And Nick Nurse obviously shows no regard for that in terms of minutes played. So I think Van Vliet's just a little bit more sturdy. And given that I chose Kawhi in round one, I want a little bit more sturdiness with my guys. Fair enough. Uh, but Lowry was probably ranked a little bit higher to me, but just his assists don't do it for my team that I, that I wanted, and I just wanted that stability. Ryland jo- chose uh, former Thunder player DeMontis Sabonis, uh, and former Thunder player Chris Paul. Actually, his team is very Thunder heavy here, apart from Devin Booker. Locked on Knicks is ready, and then uh, it's up to you, Jackson, for your next pick. Um, nothing's been massive surprise to me. A few guys have gone earlier than, than I would have chosen them, but... Nothing's been a, a huge, huge shock to me. Um, Are you looking at me, Josh? Is it? Is this all on me? No, no. no. You, the Donovan Mitchell pick is probably the, the earliest one that the, that I've seen. It's probably been against what I've been looking at, but it's not too far off. I think there'll be some uh, some weird ones happening when we get to the the 60s. Is where some some weird picks do tend to go down. Oh, Zach Levine taken out of my queue. He was never going to make it back to me anyway. Jackson Gatlin, what are you doing here? Um, Daniel House. <laughs> No, I think I'm actually going to lean another Houston Rocket. And don't I think you, this could be a surprising dare. pick. We're, don't we're you, doing this. Don't you dare. We're doing you this. You bastard. Because that is, I was going to take him oh. to, instead of Fred Van Vliet. And I thought, you know what? These other guys, they, they might let him slide back to me all the way back around. No, I think, I'm, I'm, very, I'm high on Christian oh. Wood. I think he has a lot of potential right. this next season. So let's, Sean Coleman, I'll get to you in a second. Jackson, um, people are worried about Christian Wood in Houston. Oh man, Cousins is there. It, Wood's starting, Wood's playing 30 a night. That He can play next to Cousins. I have I have no concerns with those uh, with those minutes or his role in Houston. Do you? 
I don't at all. And, and based on everything that we're hearing from Steven Silas, uh, Wood is absolutely going to find most of his minutes at the five. He did say that he can play alongside Cousins at the four if necessary. But uh, Silas specifically says that he has advantage at the five. And I think that were you know, that phrasing is so important. Christian Wood is going to be a lot more explosive, a lot faster than a lot of other fives in the league, unless you've got him you know, matching up against uh, Anthony Davis, which uh, let's face it, Davis doesn't consider himself a five for whatever reason. So I think you're going to find Christian Wood has a lot of matchup advantage on a night to night basis this next season sean uh you're up jar morant's gone so you can't take him so you went with De'Aaron fox instead uh adam we'll get to you in a second um okay so i think that's a, a really solid pick there Are you thinking that he's got another step to take uh, for this season Yes, and I, I definitely like his uh, the counting statistic potential on defense, especially at the top of that um, you know Kings uh, team. And I also really like the aspect of you know can he take that next step from three, especially with Boggy out now. You know I think that he can you know potentially you know get to the point of maybe you know one and a half threes per game. You know if he could sit there and be a twenty five and five potential guy with one and a half threes per game with good percentages as well as a guard, that's pretty good solid across the board high floor production that I think at this point really could wind up being a valuable selection. Adam from Locked On Nets, it's your pick. What are you doing? Yeah, I won't even hesitate. Uh, I'm going to go with Middleton there from the Milwaukee Bucks. Fill out some size there. Uh, I, I like the add of Holiday. It'll free up hopefully Middleton to do a little bit more there. And I just I think the overall game there is nice. Uh, they, they've been a great regular season team. They're not great when it comes to the playoffs necessarily, but uh, I think his, his all around game is good. You can get a little bit of everything out of him. Brendan from Locked On Suns took D'Angelo Russell, uh, so that would pretty pretty much piss off Ben at Locked On Wolves, who probably was looking at him next. Sean, it's looking pretty good for you to get uh, Kyle Lowry just two picks away. Is that what you're going to do? Don't say it. Don't I mean, say it. That's, 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 <laughs> these guys aren't listening. It's okay. Jo- Josh is the guy who's like, you know what? We're pitching a no hitter. Like, just- <laughs> oh, I've got a John, John Corrales is here with us now. J- John, uh, getting ready for your pick. Now you didn't hear what I just said, John, but um, what are you looking to target with your pick? Welcome to the show. John, you're muted. Unmute yourself. He's here with us in spirit. <laughs> oh, here I am. Yeah, here you go. I am. Here we go. Um, I'm going to do what I should do and select, um, Nothing but Celtics. There we go. Jack, but oh, Jalen Brown, I think, is a, a solid pick there. I know, uh, I know, I don't want to overload with with people from one team, but Jalen Brown's going to be the number two option on the Celtics. He's going to get all the overflow from Jason Tatum getting the attention. And I drafted Jason Tatum first because I preset that, so it doesn't matter that I was late to this draft. That's yes, an awesome <laughs> pick. I think that's. I think he's he's he probably went too late. I think based on like no Kemba. Tade of no Hayward now. Yeah, like I think yeah. the, the usage could be really high for him this year. Yeah, but he's going to do other things. Very high. I think he's going to have an all, all-star season. He's going to yeah. do other things. I, I was That's his problem. He, I was going to take Jalen if uh, John took my, my boo. But, of course, classic American bias overlooking <laughs> Kyle Lowry once again. <laughs> and he falls to me. It's beautiful. That's uh, perfect for you there, <laughs> Kyle. And now I don't have to change my team name. It's nope. great. You're set. Doug, <laughs> what are you doing? Doug, you've got three point guards with your first three picks. You might want to. I know. I meant to take Gobert there. I was talking about John. John Collins is going to ruin my draft, and I didn't even take him because I was sitting there talking Sorry. about him. Um, Gobert's still available. Excuses start early here. You know? Well, I'll just tell you that. I'll just tell you right now that I'm I'm just for sake of content. I'm. It's between Mitch Robinson or Jonas Valanciunas for me here, and I'm. I think Mitch Robinson has the higher upside, How- and Jonas has the higher floor. And so 
I'm probably just going to roll that Tom Thibodeau chooses Mitch Robinson here because the numbers per minute are just so amazing. What do you and think? I about know that? that I can run into a problem with Nerlens Noel. Yeah, so, so that, that's, that's the problem is that obviously Nerlens Noel went to Kentucky and we know how important that is to the Knicks. And the fact that every time that Tom Thibodeau seems to be talking about Mitchell Robinson, he has to throw Nerlens Noel's name in there. And that's yeah, obviously maybe pretty, you talk, maybe you talk me out of it then because it's really just between these two guys. And with no, maybe no Jaron Jackson at the beginning of the year, Jonas is just the play. If, if it was no Tom Thibodeau, I'd be. Yeah, Thibodeau. I'll, I'll do, I'll do Chewy here. Yeah, but I, I don't love it. All right, so JV off at number forty-seven. Doug Branson's going to take some back-to-backs here to round us out at the end of round four. Um, I don't see any major surprises, but this is a good point for me to talk to you, Sean Coleman, about Jaron Jackson because his name was just brought up. How much time is he missing? Well, we're probably looking at. Um, the uh, MLK game uh, against the Sun, so probably a little under a month. That would be the target date. Hopefully, obviously, across the board production if he does play. Um, and I do think that uh, one other thing that a lot of folks, you know, look at when they see a player start out a month, um, you know, into the season not playing, is could there be a lingering effect? Well, with the Grizzlies, they're just going to make sure they're going to be overprotective. They're going to make sure without a doubt that he is going to be healthy. There could be some minutes restrictions, but for him to be fully going, I probably would look at the MLK day game for him to return February for him to be full blast get 30 minutes a night yeah so that's yeah Gordon Haywood goes there to Doug that's yeah he's gets gets his Hornets player in there to finish off round four um yeah Jackson could be a top 30 player this year on a per game basis and if he was healthy but that's the discount you're going to get like he's going to go at some point in the next year who knows three rounds at some stage he's going to go um, and then when you head to the playoff portion of the season, you're hoping that he is a, a full go. We just don't know at that point. And it does, it scares me off when you see guys, when you know, because guys are going to get injured, but you don't know that. But when someone's entering the season with an injury, you know that, that that's happened. That injury's happened. There can be setbacks. There can be restrictions. There can be all of that sort of stuff. So that is a worry. Doug Norrie, you are back here. Locked on nets. Your selection. CJ McCullum went at pick number 49. So now it's your go. I just take Mitch here too as a hedge. Um, and just hope that I can just get away with forwards later in the draft. I know forwards are kind of hard to find late, and that's my only concern here because I don't have any so far. Um, I wanted Mitch before. I think the upside is there for him. There's one guy I'm thinking about reaching for here. Don't uh, reach, Doug. Don't reach. <laughs> uh, I'll just, I mean, I actually could just say who I'm thinking about reaching for. I don't need to give anything away. I was thinking about reaching for Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, I don't think that's that much of a reach, to be honest. I think it's probably about the right the right area yeah, in this round anyway. So, yeah, Sean. Or the goal in this draft is just to say a name and then, just, and then wait to see if Josh responds because he wants to fit, doesn't want to fill dead air. That's, that's how you do it. <laughs> yeah. that's, um, so you say you say a guy and then you just wait because it, it's, it's boring to hear a, a, a blank podcast and then Josh can just tell you if it's the right pick or not. Yeah, Michael, Leave a question mark at the end of it, right? Yeah. Mitchell Robinson? Yeah. <laughs> Michael, Michael Porter. All right. Michael Porter's fine. I think he's going to start. I don't think there's any doubt about that, to be honest. Um He's going to have some ups and downs, but his efficiency is great. He rebounds at a high level. He scores at a high level. He hit threes. I think round five is absolutely the target area for Porter. Initially, he was ranked 108th on Yahoo. They have, uh, they've tightened that up a little bit, and he's into this area, and this is the right area for him. Sean, Kyle Lowry's uh, on your team, so you're free of any encumbrance there of, of what you need to do. Yeah, so now, everything's gravy now, so I don't care. So now you're I don't looking- think he's free of encumbrance <laughs> now that he's got Lowry, now that we're thinking about it. But now we've got- um, me. <laughs> Sean uh, Stanley Johnson uh, in your queue. <laughs> no, I'm thinking about doing something crazy. Um, that I mean, maybe it's not crazy, and maybe I'm following Justin Rowan too much on Twitter. But screw it, I'm doing it. Yeah, no, it is crazy. You're right. Um, Colin Sexton. <laughs> Colin
Colin Sexton's a good scorer. So I'll, I'll give you that, right? Getting Colin Sexton and his points, it is hard to get. And once you're out of this first top 50, there's no one who's a really high volume scorer. There's no one, unless you're keen on Andrew Wiggins, which literally no one is. Colin Sexton's your option there. The problem is, what, what, what else is he doing? He's not getting steals. He's a low volume three-point shooter. He's a terrible rebounder. He's a terrible assist guy. He's great on his free throw percentage, but he doesn't get to the line. So you're banking on um, you know, just wide improvements across things that he hasn't shown in two years, nor did he show in college. And that's maybe it happens, but hey, getting the scoring is important, Sean. So I'm not going to shit on you too much. John, you're up. What are you doing? Pick 52. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Malcolm Brogdon. Okay. Mal- yep. Yeah. Look, this is fine for Brogdon. He's going to see probably less usage opportunities than he saw last year with a, with a allegedly healthy Victor Oladipo. But no no problem with grabbing Brogdon there, who really did up his assist rate last year. Do you think that with Oladipo around more that he's going to get back to some of his legendary high type percentages? Because they really fell off last year. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm going with that. There's a little bit more efficiency there. But you know, I'm also like just thinking that there's still trade possibilities there that could that could increase Brogdon's usage. Um, he fills multiple spots. So I think just um, trying to decide between him and a center, I just decided to go with someone who I think will just have more, more opportunities to fill more spots there, more, more statistical categories. And as everyone who is in this draft and watching this video can see, the absolute abundance of orange on this draft board shows you how point guards come off the board and how you know, getting assists is really, really tough to do um, because that they fly off. Now, now uh, Mitch Robinson has uh, just gone there at pick number 54. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. He sure does. Adam, now it's your turn to take it from here. What are you doing at pick 55? <laughs> I, need, I need more sound effects on our podcast, I think, Doug. Uh, yeah, I... I it's tricky. None of the bigs at the top there. I mean, I guess maybe Turner would be the first one in terms of a center that I would look at past Aldrich and past uh, past Whiteside potentially. Uh, there's a couple of different looks here. It's not a big dip, but there is a guy a little bit further down that I'm thinking about uh, off the same squad. Although just got drafted a couple picks ago. This is a little bit tricky for me. I don't know if I, I don't know how much stock I want to be putting into bubble performances. I feel like that's a dangerous area to be uh, to be uh, staking some like TJ Warren. Here. here comes Take TJ Warren. Warren. <laughs> that's it. Right, yeah. say is bubble, and everyone goes, "Is it the TJ Warren effect?" Here we go. Uh, man, this is brutal. I'm gonna I'm gonna dip down to where I shouldn't, and uh, I'm gonna go ahead and grab Murray off of the San Antonio Spurs. I don't think that's I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's fine there. I think he's going to be seeing more minutes um, than he did last year, and combined with Derek White. Now, Sean, you just you didn't even wait. You didn't even wait for me to get to you because you just went straight with Jaron Jackson Jr. You told me you were going to be looking at him. Um, we talked about his injury already. Just no hesitation at all, pulling the trigger. Yeah, and and the reason why it is is because I do feel on a night-to-night basis, especially if you start to see injuries or before the season, I think that someone else said it, centers are pretty good to stream. And I do have guard-oriented stats, and I added Jaron Jackson Jr. to that. Very guard-heavy team, but I think that when it comes to centralized rebounds and blocks, you can find those a bit easier than you can the all-around assist and three-point shooting. To add Jaron Jackson Jr. to the uh, three guards that I have who are not necessarily strong at three-point shooting themselves, I'm happy with it. I think that he's going to be a great investment at this point when he comes back. Yeah, Jackson, I was going to say you're going to piss me off again, but you didn't. So you took Tobias Harris. Um, <laughs> what what are you what are you looking for for Tobias here? Because the next two guys aren't on this call, so you can have a bit of time to talk before it gets to my pick. 
You know, I'm just kind of thinking about, you know, the, the direction that the, the 76ers are going, uh, obviously trying to uh, space things out a bit more uh, under Maury, definitely going to be prioritizing uh, that three ball uh, consistently. And I think Harris uh, could be poised to have a, a you know really strong season uh, alongside uh, what may be James Harden, potentially a trade there. No, but, uh, you know, I just think Harris is a guy he's going to, you know, he's going to score the ball. Uh, and I was just looking at some of his numbers from last season, uh, the rebounding department, not terrible uh, for a guy at his position. So. All right, so the next two picks were Robert Covington, and then it was Larry Markinen, which I yeah, that's expecting a, a big improvement there for Markinen, I think, to pick him at 59. Now, it's my selection at number 60. Um, all right, just talking through, people, what I'm going to do here. I, I need some blocks on this team, and the best block guy I think that's available is a player that was mentioned just before, and that's Miles Turner. So I am going to grab Miles, draft him onto my team. And then I've got a second selection here, so I don't really know how I'm going to approach this one. Um, I've got pretty strong steals. My blocks are looking all right. I probably need some rebounds. Do I just double down on the blocks here and take Brooke Lopez? I'm saying it as if I don't know what I'm going to do, but I am going to do that. I'm going to take uh, Brooke Lopez here with this selection. Just give me some nice block numbers. Uh, be a good free throw shooter and uh, help me out there. So my centers, I've got three centers there. That should be enough to give me some value there. And then I can attack some other areas later on. Again, as people know, I am not uh, paying attention here to the assists category. And that's how I started out with Lowry, oh, not Lowry, with Leonard and George. So Brook Lopez goes to me. Ryland is is ready to have a crack here with his next uh, next pick. And then uh, it's locked on Knicks after that. So I'm, I'm okay with how my team looks. Now, if I look at my projected standings, which people know that you can check out on Basketball Monster. At the moment, after five rounds, Brendan's team is on top, then Jackson, then Doug Branson, then Doug Norrie, then uh, Locked On Wolves with Ben Beacon, then myself, Sean Coleman, Locked On Knicks, Sean Woodley uh, with the Nets, Adam with, uh, sorry, Sean, Sean Woodley with the Raptors, Adam with the Nets, then Locked On Thunder, and then John, unfortunately, you're projected to come in last. At this point, there's still a lot of, a lot of time to recover though. Wow. Classic wow, Celtics. <laughs> it's all right. There's plenty Just of... wait until I use my traded player exception. Then you'll, <laughs> then you'll see. Yeah, it's uh, you, you're you're going to be in all the talks to acquire everybody in this league, John, and just never never quite get it over the line. Uh, Oklahoma City Thunder Ryland took Davis Bertans. That is way too early for me. Uh, Bertans very much a three point specialist, and now look, he's not going to play 33 a night. Westbrook's going to take shots away. Now it does open things up for him, but I, I don't really see him having a better year than he did last year. So uh, I think that's too early. And Ryland's what not an Oklahoma-esque on. use of a draft pick. It, <laughs> just he's, he's gone with Bertans <laughs> and marketing in two back-to-back picks. I just, yeah, I, it's not for me. It could work out. It's not for me. Nick's ready to make their pick here after choosing Robert Covington with the last selection. There's some names that are, that are hanging fire here that I'm not really, um, that I'm hoping get back to me. Uh, there goes uh, Porzingis. Porzingis. Uh, another guy that we're worried about with, with injuries. Um, in terms of when he comes back. But Jackson, uh, it's you. You're at 64 overall, round six. What are you doing? I've got to start shoring up my guard rotation, that's for sure. Um, I was prioritizing forwards there for a little bit. Um, I really haven't decided what direction I'm going with here yet. Uh, trying to see who's available. I don't think I want to go Lonzo, but... And I, I don't want to go Buddy Healed. Um, no, no, you don't want to do that. I just, yeah, not at all. Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> just that's that's that just sounds like a bad time for everybody involved. Uh, I think 
it might i don't know if this is gonna be yeah I'm, I'm going i'm going lonzo i feel like i'm taking him a little too early but i'm doing it no i think it's fine i think this is a, a good area for lonzo sean coleman you are you are ready to go here um three grizzlies off the board already so maybe you're looking in a different direction i don't know sean are you still there Yes, uh, I decided to go with the Sean White side. Um, I needed blocks, I needed bounce, yeah. and it came down to him and Capella and others. Um, I think that White side has the most side, for lack of a better term, uh, to allow for him to be able, because he's got Racon Holmes and Marvin Bagley potentially, that could play. But do you bet on the upside of Holmes? Do you feel that Bagley could stay healthy throughout the entire year? I think I like White side maybe getting 20 to 25 minutes and it's per uh, minutes production if he gets that it's just unbelievable value at this point in my opinion especially when i need it i think this is the right spot for him because if he does play 28 a night he'll smash his number um and you're right even in low 20s he's going to provide the blocks and the field goal percentage and the boards that you need here so adam it's you uh how far down the list are you going this time yeah, listen, I, could go, I can go 20, 30 guys down the roster if I need to. Uh, I am looking at the fact that I don't have – I only have one center on the roster currently, and that's flexing Joker to that position at times. So maybe I need to be looking at a bigger body. The problem is I don't love uh, a lot of what I have out there right now in terms of getting some extra block power. Oh, it's a problem here. I've, uh, I've backed myself into a corner, and for some strange reason, I've elected to grab the veteran Kevin Love Ooh. off the Cavs. Okay, so I'm not going to give away some players who are still on the board, but that's an intriguing one to me. Love wasn't really injured at all last season. He played nearly all of the time. His minutes were down. Uh, well, that, that's what I was going to say. Brendan just took LaMarcus Aldridge. That's who I would have been taking at, at that spot mm -hmm. instead of Kevin Love. So you've got some faith in Love. Will he ever be traded, do you think? Yeah, I mean, that, listen, that is honestly a little bit of the hope there. I mean, he, uh, health, if he can be healthy, and if he potentially gets himself off the Cavs, then I think there's tremendous upside there for him. So I'll look at the veteran to get somewhere, hopefully – in and around, maybe even sooner than the trade deadline, and give me some value at, at a big position. Wolves took TJ Warren. Now, John, locked on Celtics. You are up. Pick 69. Giggity. Yep. I don't have any bigs. I do not have any bigs. Probably want to so, address that. Tristan Thompson? I'm looking. Uh, yeah, I might as well fill out my roster, right? Get <laughs> Tristan Thompson. If I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down with the Celtics. Uh, no, you know, I don't think enough people are talking about Clint Capella and what he's going to do on a team, uh, like, like the Hawks. I think he can have a role a lot like he did in Houston. So I think there's value to Clint Capella in this spot. So do you I'm think he's, him. he played 33, 34 minutes a night in Houston. My problem is I don't think he's going to play that much with Collins at center with a Kongwu there as well. And you're fitting Gallinari at the four. I'm just not sure he plays that much, but this is, is the right spot. Now, Sean Woodley, you are in the middle of cooking yourself some butter chicken. Are you, uh, you ready to make this pick? <laughs> um, hmm. Oh, sorry. What was the question? So you're ready to make Am your picking? pick. What, what, what are we doing here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were asking about the food. I was going to give you some details, but I'll, we can do that later when it's finished. Um, yeah, I think I might go – look, I've watched Russell Westbrook carve apart a lot of teams with the help of a good big man before, and I kind of think Thomas Bryant might be quite oh, yeah. good this year. He might be the third best player on that, on that team, so I'm going to go Thomas Bryant. I don't mind it. Bryant was like – yeah, Yusuf Nurkic and TJ Warren, like a first-round player in the bubble. He was dominating. He played like 33, 34 minutes a night. He hits threes. He blocks shots. He's a horrible defender, but he actually puts up defensive stats. Uh, I think it's absolutely fine to grab him here. Love that pick. Doug Norrie, you are up at 71. Yeah. Um, it's between two guys for me here. Both are a little speculative. Oh, you know what? Actually, I'm going to take Draymond here, I think, because I'm just going to hope 
against Hope that he can kind of, with Steph around, climb back into a little bit more of that trip, you know, you know but butting up against triple double guy. He was terrible last year. I get it. The team stunk. So I don't, I don't really want to use his previous season's numbers as a benchmark for what I think he can do this year with Steph around. So I think I'm going to do that. There's one other guy I'm considering, but I think I'll probably be able to get him on the wrap here. So I'm going to take, I'm going to take Draymond hope that they play a lot of minutes. I think the team's going to be pretty bad, but um, I think he can probably pile on some stats if he actually tries. Draymond is actually the top of my board at the moment. Oh, I say second top. There's another guy up there, which I'm not going to give away at this point. But yeah, I, I think this is the right area for Draymond for sure. So I'm interested to see just to see what he does this year. Of course, if things go off the rails and his season probably goes off the rails as well. But I am really intrigued to see what, what he's able to do in this uh, in this scenario. Um, all right. So you made that uh, Draymond Green pick, Doug Branson. Is got the end of round six and the beginning of round seven to get us going here. Sean, tell us, how, how is the food? How's it going? Oh, it's going uh, quite well. It's uh, it's simmering now. It's uh, you know you want to go low and slow. It's going to take some time here, but my kitchen smells wonderful. So it's, uh, it's it's good to good to get just a little bit of an interlude here to, to hear what's uh, hear what's going on in the kitchen here. Of course, it's eleven. <laughs> Can you get the mic closer to the sizzling chicken for that ASMR? Oh sure, effect? yeah, yeah. How's is that coming through at all? Oh, I guess I need to go with my headphone mic. Is that coming through at all? Oh, yeah, we, oh that is, we, we can hear a bubble. <laughs> that, that sounds like locked in moisture to me. <laughs> locked on moisture, perhaps. <laughs> All right, Sean, thank you for your talk there. Buddy Heald goes at the end of uh, round six. I just, I don't know what to, I don't know what to do with Buddy Heald at this point. Are they going to even start him? Maybe, maybe not. Corey Joseph, Tyrese Halliburton could be the starter there for the Kings. I don't have Matt George on here from Locked On Kings to debate the uh, the merits of uh, Buddy and his role this year. Doug's got another pick, and then it's back to you, Doug Norrie. So it, Buddy was the guy you were looking at with your next pick, or do you have someone else in mind? Who, me? Yeah, you, Doug, Doug Norrie. Oh, no, and I had someone else in mind. Um and I'm gonna be able to take him now. Right, so, so I'm gonna take Marcus Smart. Oh, that, that is who the other guy was at the top of my list. Yeah, he fits the bill for me of just increase. Like he's gonna take way too many shots. He's just gonna take way more shots than he should, just because of the disappearance of of Hayward and because Kemba's gonna sit. So he was actually a guy that I, that I have way higher than ADP, just because it's just his role is just totally different. So yeah, I think that, he's top fifty. That was, I was I was debating him. I was debating him and Draymond, but I was just hoping that because he was lower on the board, that he would last to this next pick. No, I've got him top fifty. I think he's going to be massive. Actually, that takes me to you, Corrales. Now, Sean, you can have a think about your pick. Um, what are the Celtics going to do? Is, I, is Jeff T going to start, or the whisper I keep hearing is uh, Grant nope. Williams is going to move in? I think I think Marcus Smart's going to be the starting point guard. So I think if it wasn't for me already having two Celtics, I might have picked Smart, but. Um, I think I think your starting lineup in Boston is going to be Smart, Tatum, Brown, Grant Williams, and to start the season, um, Daniel Tice because Tristan Thompson's missed most. He will miss most of training camp. So uh, I think Smart's going to get. I, I even wrote a story that Smart is going to be the third the third option on the team uh, if he can run that pick and roll with. Um, Tristan Thompson, I think eventually he can get a little bit more efficient than he has been in the past. Get back to you in a second because uh, OG and Anobi went. But what about Scarfs? OG. Stop ones. OG. Uh, you better stop OG. Sean. Um, okay, <laughs> yeah. so OG is going to increase his offensive role allegedly this season. What does that mean for him? Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to score more. I think he's going to... I mean, his rebounding in the bubble was insanely good. And I think he kind of proved he could be a five for them. 
And I think he, like, I've made this point on the podcast before. I think OG is going to be the best center the Raptors have this year. And I think he's going to play a ton and going to be quite good at it. He's pretty good at the short roll passing thing as well. So he might get some extra assists there. And I think he, like, doubled both of his block and steal rates last year or something close to it. And I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, amps up a little bit more. He got really, really good with the steals by the end of last year, too. Just his hands are so good and he's gotten really good at jumping. His defensive numbers um, in Indiana were huge. And then it never translated in his first couple of years in the NBA. And I always held out that hope that those steal and block numbers would come back up. And they did. And that's what turns him into a good fantasy player. Now, you took uh, the Italian cock, Danilo Gallinari. Hands off my cock! Danilo Gallinari to you there, John. Um, what, are you, what are you making of Gallinari? What's his role going to be? Well, I, I, I didn't like the pick. Um, uh, just a, I didn't either, I but I want to hear your rationale for it. Okay, so my rationale is looking at the rest of the board and looking at my team. I think I, I just thought I just think that he's got the potential to be still be like really good, it, but and and just too good to pass up at that point. Um, I could have gone. I had some other guys in mind, and basically what I came to the conclusion was, I'm going to take Gallinari here because I think he can fill it up. And hopefully the other guy that I was thinking of is going to be available later on. I didn't want to make too much of a reach. I'd be a horrible GM is basically what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, I would have let him fall a couple more rounds. Now, the next two picks, Kelly Oubre went. And I'll tell you what, Brendan here from Locked on Suns, Kobe White, he is making picks that are looking – his team looks amazingly strong. Now, if I have a look at the standings, where is he? Yeah, he's on top. His team looks real good. He's taking – and that's based on my projections. Maybe he's even looking at my projections. I don't know. But those uh, those picks are pretty strong. Adam uh, from Locked on Nets, you chose Kevin Love last time. What are you doing here? Uh, yeah, I'm looking at a guy that maybe could have a bounce back, uh, come back off an injury last year in Oladipo. Uh, I think that he could be poised for it. And then it automatically drafted for me. So I grabbed Blake Griffin, apparently, which is cool. Because I think, listen, just to be clear, I was thinking about Oladipo, but ultimately I uh, decided to pull a Doug Nori here and not entirely be engaged. Uh, but actually, listen, I did have Griffin on my list for the for the sense of he did average over four assists last game uh, last season, had up over eight rebounds, almost nine. Uh, the three-point game has come around a little bit for him. So there, there's a chance that he actually could have a little bit better impact across the board, especially when you add uh, Jeremy Grant in there behind him on that roster. Well, I think he's not going to shoot under 40% from the field. We can lock that in, which is what he did last year. And he right. was horrendous. So he's going to bounce back. Now, Sean, you did just choose Jeremy Grant there. Um, you know, he's going to have this bigger offensive role, apparently play at small forward. I think it's going to go pretty ugly in terms of on court, how it looks. But at number 80, um, I'm totally fine with it, Sean. Well, and if he can get, if he can get anywhere close to 17 and a half points, one steal, one block, two threes a game, the assist probably there. But I think that if you can sit there and get two threes and that 17 and a half points plus one and one on steals and blocks per game, maybe five to six rebounds, I think that's great value at the small four position on a night in, night out basis. It is. Jackson, you're up. What are you doing? You got 38 seconds left. Um, I'm actually uh, really grateful that uh, Victor Oladipo is still on the board because I was eyeballing him that whole time. Um, but you, Jackson. Uh, I, I might make a, a very significant reach here. And in fact, I think I'm actually going to do that. Uh, we're just, we, we like the risk. Um, I'm going to go all the way down here and I'm going to take Tyler Harrow. Ah! Okay. Well, that, that at least gives me an opportunity to play this. Everyone has a hero. True. Zero people shouldn't have a hero. Yes! That's for all you Logan Paul fans out there. Um, all right, so what are we expecting, Jackson, for uh, for Tyler Hero this season? Do you think he's starting? I, I think he is. 
I, I think that that's probably a safe bet. And I'm just, you know, looking at his numbers from this last season, you know, just, um, you know, potentially taking that, uh, that sophomore leap, um, you know, I, I expecting big things from him and it might be a reach. Um, I was hoping that maybe I could make one more pick and then circle back and get him, but I didn't want to risk losing out on him. No, fair enough. Uh, I think it's probably maybe a round too early, but it's not outright. Look, you pick 81. I don't think it's anything, you know, terribly wrong with him at, at that spot. Um, I'm two picks away here. I need to shore up some rebounding. My blocks look pretty good. My, my steals look pretty good. My free throws are good. I am thinking about Julius Randle, but that's making me feel pretty ill. So I'd probably go a different direction instead. Um, I'm going to take, when it gets to my pick, there's two more to go here because I've got Knicks and uh, Thunder to pick and the clock is running down. Maybe Knicks have just disappeared. Um, I'm going to take Wendell Carter if it gets back to him at my pick there. Eric Bledsoe, now that is, that's a good pick actually. I think Bledsoe is being really undervalued and the scheme that he played in Milwaukee did really reduce his steal numbers. And if they bounce back up, I think that's a good selection. Ryland's got the Thunder here. Um, I've got two picks coming up, so I probably should make that decision. Oh yes, I knew he was going to take Al Horford. That's who I was debating as well. All right, so for me, it is going to be Wendell Carter Jr. because he, now he has a coach who is actually an NBA coach that will uh, allow him to play in the correct way that he, he should be playing. My next selection, I think I'm going to... I know this guy is going to miss the start of the season, but... Maximum Derek. Yes, Maximum Derek White is going to be my selection. He was an absolute monster in the bubble. Not only did he hit his threes, but he started taking like eight or nine per game. And I think he's going to start, and I think he's going to be good value for me. So at pick 85, it is Derek White. And that takes us through. That's seven or eight, eight or seven rounds done. We're into the uh, the back end or the start end, sorry, of round eight here. Jackson, we're a couple of picks away from yours. Don't know what these guys are going to do here. The, the problem I have here is I have these specific sleepers that, I, that I'm looking at. But then the problem is that I have these players who are, you know, or these other fantasy managers who've covered these teams. And I reckon they might grab some of my sleepers. So that worries me a little bit. Ryland, thankfully, didn't there with Andy Wiggins. Steve Adams goes to the Knicks. Jackson, what are you doing? Uh, I definitely think I need to shore up my my block numbers a little bit and uh, continue to uh, stack the rebounds. So I'm actually going to go Jarrett Allen here. Okay, so oh. that will that'll bring, oh, that'll bring me... To, actually, Adam, answer this. Well, who is going to start at center for this Nets team? Well... I- it should listen to be honest with you. I mean, obviously, it should be Jared Allen, you're, but we saw last year it's going to have a blend of DeAndre Jordan in there as well. And then, if you want to have a little bit of a concern from a Nets perspective, there's a scenario where they go small lineup and you have Jeff Green working at the five leading yeah. games. I mean, that, that's been speculated about. So, you, you could potentially be losing some key minutes even beyond what we saw were generally almost 50 50 splits between Jordan and Allen. Alan, if he plays 30 a night, he's a top 50 guy. But the concern yeah. I have is he doesn't play 24 a night. Um, there is upside there, and maybe he's a part of a trade that they make, and that would really free things up. But there is that absolute risk there. Sean Coleman, you are up at 89. What are you doing? Apart from ignoring me. You're on mute, Sean. <laughs> All right, no, nah, Sean, oh, there he is. There he is. He's back. Sorry about that. Trying to get my my pick going. Um, I'm Aaron Gordon. Um, I I think that at some point it has to click, Does and it? I feel like that there's across the board production there for him, and I think there's also the potential for it to grow. But I do, I just I like him as a small forward, power forward option that can, can contribute across the board. And at some point, I think he's going to have that true breakout year, and I think it could be this season. I know there's a lot of trade speculation around him, but if there's a year, if there's an opportunity out there, he needs to step up this year 
year for the Magic, especially, you know, I, I'm not sure what the projection with Isaac is, but if Gordon's going to step up, I definitely think that this is the type of year it could be, but that's been said for the past three years. I'm willing to take the chance it works out. Isaac won't play this year, so there's that there's that uh, there, but not that Isaac's a high usage player. Adam, uh, it's back to your pick. So what are you doing now that um, you're not going to get auto-drafted with 20 seconds left? Make your pick. That's right. I'm going to be on top of this thing here. Uh, listen, I could go back. To, I could go right back to Victor Oladipo and look at him uh, and take that chance on a rebound for him. But I'm actually going to look over to, to the up-and-coming team in Phoenix that just acquired uh, Chris oh, Paul there. And I like the idea of, of Bridges maybe continuing to see a little bit of that uptick what we saw from him last year. Is 51% from the field achievable? Probably not. But I, I think there's, there's an upside for him this upcoming season there uh, with a, you know, a shifting roster that certainly has better assist people on the floor for him now too. Um, yeah, I think Bridges was the, I tell you what, Brendan was definitely picking Bridges. If you didn't pick him there, there was zero doubt about that, but he's gone with Julius Randle with the next selection. Bridges is going to play some pretty strong minutes. It took a while for Monty Williams to realize that he was actually pretty good and should be getting those minutes, but we saw it happen eventually. Uh, Locked on Wolves are coming up with their pick. And then John, it's up to you. Who are you targeting here? Well, um, I'm looking for, I think a little bit more rebounding. So... Here's what I'm going to do. I think I think the Lakers are going to rest a lot of guys, which not, means I think there's going to be Kyle some Kuzma? opportunity for Montrez Harrell. Montrez Harrell. All right. Um, so how, how does him and Marcus Gasol work together on a night where they're both playing? Well, see, here's the thing. I, I just don't think Marcus Gasol is going to play a ton. Like, I, I just don't see him taking up like a lot of, of usage at, at the beginning. Like he's older. I don't think they're going to play him much. I think Montrez Harrell gets an opportunity in LA because LeBron rests, AD rests. They're going to take advantage of the new resting rules. Gasol is going to be in there for, but how, how many minutes are you going to play Gasol? I think Montrez Harrell early in the season is, is going to be a guy that, that gets a ton of opportunity there. Uh, I'll see. I'm, I might have to revisit that later in the season, but I think early on he'll get a surprising amount of, of playing time. Sean Woodley, what are you doing here at this selection? Probably no Raptors on the board for you. Well, actually, there, there might be some, um, but probably not going with the Raptors guy here, I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, as much as I'm trying to speak Giannis plus all the Raptors into existence, uh, <laughs> it's probably best to not go that route. Um, I'm kind of weak on guards, but why not lean into I think Brandon Clark's the move here. I'm going to take Brandon Clark. Ah, you. Brandon. Oh, that made my next I love that, when everybody groans after your pick. That never that happened like, for me. That was the one I was <laughs> – I should have taken him. I should have taken Brandon Clark and then waited to take Montrez Harold this next time. John, I got to say, drafting after you has been lovely. It's been just <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, I want to say This is why – it's focusing on the first of the year with Clark, especially if the Grizzlies are to give him the starting four position over Kyle Anderson. If he can show that he can expand his game and take on the role of the starting position, I know that Taylor Jenkins really wants to try to get him in more in the fourth quarter. I You could see minutes up around the 22 to 25 range consistently, over 25, hopefully even with Jaron coming back. I think it's an excellent pick, especially if his uh, ball handling skills were to continue and improve going forward. Doug Norrie, it is, uh, it's, it's your pick. Well, at least the Grizzlies don't have Anthony Tolliver to uh, start ahead of him. So, uh, Doug, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm going to roll the dice that he's starting here, and I'm going to take Rubio. Um, I wish we had Brad, 
Wish I'd and grab some latest. They grab some late assists, and I get that there's some risk there, but um, I love that Clark pick. But okay. I, I, Rubio, if he starts, I think could just absolutely pile on assists. Oh, he'll smash this number. If he starts, he will smash it. He will be a top sixty guy. The problem, I I think he should start. To be honest, I think he's a better player than D'Angelo Russell. I know that's controversial to some, but I think he's a better player for how that team is anyway. But Beasley, Russell, Edwards. Are you just giving up on Culver and Akogi already? I, I'm not sure the minutes are there. In 26 minutes, he still probably is useful. I don't know that he's going to start. I'm really confused as to how they're going to do it. With I thought them trading for Rubio meant they weren't going to bring back Beasley, but they did. So they've got to find minutes for them all. And that, that's probably the tough part about that to me. Um, I just yeah, I just don't know what, uh, what Saunders is going to do in that backcourt because there are a lot of question marks to me. Yeah, it's a concern for me. The other guys all around him, I have similar sort of concerns around opportunity. So he just felt like he felt like the highest upside piece there, knowing that there's a way to get dumpstered on that for sure. Um, Doug Branson is coming up with two picks here. Doug's really, really digging in here. Loves winding the clock right down. He's got to make those tough calls. He picked John Wall, by the way, in round seven, which is one I didn't think I mentioned. And he goes with Bogdan Bogdanovich. At pick 96, of course, Bogdan now with the Atlanta Hawks should be starting, should be playing more than the 28 minutes a night that he did play last year. So that is a benefit there. Um, let's see which way he goes next. There's a few players that are sitting around here that I'm uh, I'm relatively interested in with my next pick, which is still a long way away. There's a name that's really just sitting out there like dog's balls at the moment, though, to me, at the top of this draft queue that hasn't been picked yet, even though his name's been mentioned a million times. Doug Norrie, do you have any interest in Victor Oladipo with your next pick? Oh, no, no, I'm not going to take him. I, there's too many, there's too many, I mean, the, the emergence of Warren and just how bad Old Depot looked, I'd be worried that there's like real concerns around lingering injury stuff. The injury was so rare and he looked so out of it. And the fact that Warren got so much better when he was given the usage, I, I get it. Like he's got pedigree here, but I mean, I'm about to take a, a similar injury risk guy here, so, so I maybe shouldn't talk, but. I, I don't know. I, I'm so heavy on guards now that I just I can't really say it. I'm going to take Bagley on the hope that he closes sometimes at the five, that they really lean into the fact that they drafted him high. Walton seems kind of clueless, so that's probably that's a problem. But um, I'm going to shoot some pedigree upside on Bagley here and hope that he's able to cut into some of those homes white side minutes, especially when they're closing games. I have, to, um, I have to mention it that Doug Branson, sorry, went, went the Bogdanovich back-to-back. -back, Bogdan and then Boyan in two picks. I don't think I've ever seen that happen in a draft ever. So that's a shout-out to you, Doug, <laughs> for doing that. The Bagley one is interesting. Um, he probably needs 30 minutes a night to be good. Is he good enough to get that? At this point, he's not. Um, and you're right, his best position is at the five. And then they just brought in Hassan Whiteside and have Rashawn Holmes uh, to take those minutes. So that's going to be interesting to see how he works that out. You might have some... Um, some yeah, help there with Walton being clueless, as you said, that he might actually yeah, give Bagley more minutes than his on-court play deserves. So we'll see how that works out for him. Uh, I was going to call you Kyle, but you're not Kyle because you're Sean Woodley. And just I'm looking at your team name here. It's your pick at number 99. What are you doing here? Yeah, it feels like it's dumb to not take all the depot at this point. I mean, he's like my third guard. It seems like it's a, it's a worthy risk. I would be, I would have taken him there. So I think uh, you get a, you get a thumbs up from me, John Corrales. Let's see what you're doing at this pick. Number 100. Oh, 100. It's a big mm. one. It's a milestone. Well, somebody's got to be good on Orlando, right? No, not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> I got the one stat stuffer from Orlando, okay? Evan Fournier. 
All right, uh, Fournier shot like 40-something percent from three last year. If he doesn't, then that's a bad pick. But if he does, then it's a good pick. This is about the area that he that he was. I think that's, it all comes down to his shooting. He's going to get plenty of the Here, ball. So that's uh, I think that's a positive. Here's what's going to happen. He's going to end up get. He's going to get traded to the Celtics in the TPE, and I'm going to have a third Celtic. Yes, and then he'll play uh, you know, 22 minutes in the Aaron Neesmith role coming off the bench. So uh, look forward to that one. Locked on Wolves <laughs> and then uh, locked on Suns have got the next two selections. But I think that Fournier pick at that spot is, is probably fine. I wonder who the first rookie off the board is going to be. I, I actually thought Doug would take Lamelo at that uh, round eight, round nine turn, but, but he didn't. Um, we'll see who the first rookie off the board is. Now, Locked on Wolves taking Karis LeVert. Now, if the Nets team stays as it is, he's not going to get that value back. Um, I think he's banking on a trade there. And then Mike Conley goes to Brendan, another strong pick from Brendan, who is just pissing me off with every one of his picks. Adam, what are you doing? I'm going deep, friends. Uh, I'm glad that LeVert got taken there because I, I don't I just don't want to risk him losing his volume shooting. But I need to get at least one net on my roster. So I'm going down there to uh, what's arguably ranked as the uh, about around 130 for a pick there. I'm going to grab Joe Harris. Uh, he's the guy that stands to benefit tremendously on the nets with, with Kevin Durant on the floor. He also showcased some some good ability to get towards the basket as well and slash down the baseline. So I, I just think that his number, he's one of the few guys on the Nets roster that isn't going to be at any risk of losing his numbers. If anything, he could see potentially even more wide open looks and he doesn't even that that much space to hit from three. So well, let me ask taking him, not looking back. Let me ask you this then, Adam, because you've, you've taken him now so I can say what I want. Um, the fact sure. that there's Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, Kyrie Irving um, in that backcourt. Now, Harris can play at the three, but then Durant's going to get forward minutes as well. Does he see the wide open shots is true. Like he'll get more of them, but does he see less shots in general? And does maybe he see like a minute or two fewer than what he did the year before? Because you've got to get Dinwiddie, you've got to get Levert, you've got to get Kyrie, you've got to get these guys onto the court. Yeah, I think if any, out of those players, I look at at Spencer Dinwiddie is going to even arguably probably stay more consistent than say Karis Levert. I think Karis Levert's the biggest risk to lose quality minutes or quality shots because he he sees that you know you've seen that he needs to be on the ball needs to work himself as to his rhythm to get a shot. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie can play off ball so he can still fluctuate in the backcourt there and be on there in place of Kyrie. And then again, Joe has played you know usually at the three. The only maybe risk is that he gets taken off the floor for defensive purposes at some point along the way. So maybe gets a little bit diminished. But again, I think the quality of shots will be better, so it'll probably mitigate any fewer looks that he's getting over the course of a game. Sean Coleman, I'm going to get spicy here. Now, I'm assuming that you're making picks based on players with unnecessary hype and you were weighing it up between Kyle Kuzma and Rui Hachimura, but you went with Rui. So what's what's the uh, what's the rationale there? I, I just don't like Rui as a player. And I wonder, I think I think he's worse than Denny Avdia already, um, but sell me on it. Why have you gone with Hachimura at this point? Well, the reason why I think that, you know, I think it's an opportunity because I think that there, I know that Davis pretends, I know that uh, Denny um, Avia May is there, but I think that with Russell Westbrook and Badly Bill there, I think that they're going to give an opportunity to um, Hachimura to make the most of it. And I also needed some reboundings from, uh, you know, another position to really, you know, complete my team. So I do think I like the high field goal percentage. I know the threes really are not there. I know the defensive upside is not really there either, but in terms of field goal percentage from that small forward power forward position, and I think that he can get some counting stats and get some better looks with the talent that's now around him. I think that with uh, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Bill there, he could be one of the players that benefits the most. We had Seth Curry go to Jackson, which I'll get to in a sec, Jackson. And then the Knicks went with the first uh, rookie off the board, LaMelo Ball, which I think is it's a pretty good pick at this area. Uh, Seth Curry, um, I think that he's going to start. I put out something on my Instagram and Twitter today just you know, with a projected Sixers lineup, and a lot of people said, no, no, they'll start Shake Milton over Seth Curry. I don't believe that's the case, and I'm guessing you don't either. 
I don't. Uh, and I think that he, again, you know, is poised in that system. Uh, you know, he's my seven, he's my second 76er that I've taken, uh, Harris first and now Seth Curry. Um, I just think that, you know, they're going to prioritize the three ball quite a bit more this season. Um, and those two guys are both poised to have, you know, really big years. All right. So that's my pick now. Um, what am I going to do? Um, I've got two of them, of course, because I'm at the turn. Um, Kemba Walker's staring at me, but yeah, with the injury risk of um, Kawhi Leonard, I don't want to get another one there, but it is it could be value. I'm going to take... Yeah, look, in my last two mock drafts that I've done, people have been sniping Markel Fultz off me. So you know what? Let's do it. Let's take Markel Fultz <laughs> with this selection. And then I've got to make my next pick, and this is one now... I worry because the of the, the some of the guys in this league and their knowledge of their teams. It's probably oh god yeah no let's risk no no let's let's risk him coming back to me later. I'm not going to tell you who it is. Let's risk him later on. I'm going to go with Paul Washington Jr. of the Charlotte Hornets. Doug probably wouldn't let him get past me there at 110. Um, so yeah, PJ Washington is my. Selection and hopefully I haven't screwed up by letting someone that I really wanted fall uh, fall past me there. So PJ Washington goes to me with that selection. Josh Richardson was the pick before me. I it's fine at that sort of pick. I'm just not sure there's much upside, and I'm not sure there's much upside in Joe Ingles at that next selection that Ryland's made as well. The Knicks are back here, ready to make their selection. I wish I had the Knicks on on the on the call as well to have a chat about what. What uh, <clears throat> some things about their rotation, but we don't. Jackson, who are you targeting with your next pick? Um, you know, I was actually, is he, oh, hang on. Is he still on the board? No, no, no. Did I lose him? You know, I was, I was really close to picking Norman Powell at the last pick. And uh, if he's still there, I think I'm going Powell with the next one. Okay. So Sean Woodley, you can attest to this, but Powell shot really well last year, but he did get a lot of value um, through absences to Fred VanVleet, Pascal Siakam, and Kyle Lowry, because it never seemed like the Raptors had their whole team together in the regular season. So Powell's minutes always seem to be push up an extra two, three minutes per game. Sean, am I just misremembering that, or is that sort of how it went for Powell? No, totally. Like, he probably would have been in the six-man-of-the-year conversation had he not started over half the games because everyone was hurt all the time. So, um, yeah, it, it's... He's going to be higher, obviously, in the pecking order. I think he's going to close a lot because I think they're going to close small quite a bit with the lineup they played against uh, the Celtics. So he's going to get, I think, a bit of a bump in minutes. Um, and he's shot like 40% in, I think, two straight years now. So yeah. I think the three-point shooting is very real. And his two-point percentage was was astronomically high as well. So th- Yeah, there, he, like, he totally figured out how to finish inside. It was like very different from what he used to just like drive straight and throw a lefty brick off the top of the backboard. RJ Barrett you know, went with a homer pick to the Knicks. So Jackson, you are going with Norm Powell here? I, I'm I'm in between him and, you know, I'm actually in between him and Daniel House Jr. right now because now that I'm thinking about it, um, not only even, even disregarding the Harden situation, you know, there's the potential of uh, Harden actually getting moved and that would obviously open up more opportunities for Daniel House Jr. But even if that doesn't happen, um, Daniel House Jr. You know, is a guy who is very much poised to kind of take that next step and really be uh, an integral part of the offense with more shots to go around now that Russell Westbrook isn't there um, and a, a more of a facilitator in John Wall in that rotation. So I, I actually think I'm going to go Daniel House Jr. here. Or as uh, my former colleague Greg Ehrenberg called him after his incident in the bubble, Daniel Apartment. So we'll see how uh, we'll see how that goes for him. Sean Coleman, what are you doing? 
you're muted, Sean. So jump jump on and tell me what you're making, what pick you're making. I think, I think that I, you know, I made the picks that I made, and and I'm probably, I'm just going to go upside here. I'm going to go Kimba. And yeah, I think, I think uh, it could wind up being very good value. It could wind up being a wasted pick. Uh, but uh, but with uh, Kimba and Jaron Jackson Jr. potentially in this rotation, um, you know, for hopefully 80% of the season, uh, that could really be a strong guard cast as well as an all-around top 30 player. So I think I'm going to go Kimba here. John, I'm going to get to you in a second about Kimba because Adam's about to make a pick. Uh, Adam, who are you going with? Uh, yeah, I got a couple of guys that I was looking at. Uh, maybe adding a little bit more. I like uh, Ibaka's move to the Clippers. I wouldn't mind taking him here uh but based on the rest that i'm gonna see i'm gonna add even a little bit more guard depth and grab a uh, schroeder who's on the lakers now I, I just like him getting just high usage whether lebron's playing and maybe he gets shuffled around a little bit there off the bench at times or for all those rest nights he should be at least a high volume guy there for uh for la brendan takes Rashawn holmes now john kemba walker's knee we had the problem february last year and then he had this you know injection or you know, treatment and then had to ramp things up in the bubble looked terrible the celtics have come out saying they went too early on him i know you've got to make a pick here so you can you make your pick then come back to this with with Kemba if you like um how sure. how worried are we that his his knee is just toast and we're just never getting that same Kemba back so I, I definitely have some of that worry and i don't know how much time he's going to miss this season i would imagine yeah a fair chunk of january as well well it's it's kind of up in the air how much time he's he's going to miss. I think there's a there's a possibility he can come back to be his former self. My biggest concern fantasy wise is when, because it's not going to be until January that they even update us on his his availability, and then it's going to be a slow ramp up. So I feel like a lot of minutes restrictions are in the early part of his his time. So I just don't think he's going to have the minutes to to put up fantasy stats. Um, as far as my pick here. I'm going to reach for a rookie. Take oh, Killian yes. Hayes. Love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. I think this guy's think, awesome. Yeah, I think he's going to have a big opportunity in Detroit. He's going to be, you know, starting point guard, good rookie on a bad team, plenty of opportunity to, to, to stuff the statue. Love it. I was going to – I was looking between him and uh, Markel Fultz when I took Fultz in that last – with my last pick. So, yeah, love that one. Uh, Sean Woodley, um, you are coming up here at pick number 118. After I, I didn't mention actually, locked on wolves took Malik Beasley, which I think is obviously a homer pick, and that is a little bit early for him. But uh, Sean, what are you doing? <laughs> oh man, now I'm uh, pretty much totally uh, lost. Um, boy, just scrolling down here. It's not. It's not so sexy anymore. No, it, it's definitely <laughs> not that. Hmm. I could reach for someone fun because you know that's fun. Stanley but... Johnson, yeah. It is Stanley Johnson. At some point, <laughs> what's with is. you and Stan? Stop. I'm, just, I'm just trying to think of the worst player that I can think of. Paul Watson or Stanley? Stanley Johnson's worse than Paul Watson. Hey, Paul Watson's got some game. Uh, boy, I'm running out of time here, aren't I? Josh, I've you got know a question what? For you when you get the chance. Yep. Right. We're doing a Raptor. Screw it. Ooh, don't you're not you're not gonna do it, Army. What are you gonna do? Oh no! Oh, it's Sean. Was that the guy you're waiting for? Yeah, I want him to come back to me. Yeah. That's hell yeah. Wait, jo- so Josh, ex- explain why that was a good one because that was the guy that I was even thinking about on my previous one, just reaching down and getting him. Okay, so Boucher is a permanent monster, right? So he doesn't need big minutes. He can play a little bit of the four as well. He'll play at the five. He's a a high, he shoots threes. He blocks shots at an insane rate. I think he's per 36 
shots were like block shots were like at seven at one point. Like he is a massive shot blocker, and now he's got that opportunity to be an every night rotation player. And if he gets that minutes, and if Aaron Baines gets hurt and he plays twenty eight. He'll be like a top 50, top 60 guy. So I think it's a, it's a massive value pick there. Um, Sean uh, Coleman, did you have a question for me? I did. At this point of the draft, you know, you're probably looking at guys who have changed teams. You're probably looking at early season injuries. What do you think was the most consistent, like, outside-of-the-box score thing to look at when it comes to, like, you're 75% through the draft. You're looking really at that sleeper opportunity. What's probably the most consistent outside-the-box score characteristics that the really good value share that are still on the board at this point? Uh, I'm just looking for opportunity. I'm just looking for playing time, really, at, at this point. It's not really outside-the-box score, but I'm, I'm looking for guys that either have that opportunity or it's a very easy path to see how that opportunity can come their way. And yeah, generally, you want to look towards you know, younger guys who could push into a larger role at this point um, and guys who are just being yeah, undervalued when you look at them or who else is taking the shots or who else is taking the minutes or who else is taking the defensive opportunities away from that player. Um, we're not really into full flyer territory yet. I think probably in this next round, we're taking a lot of upside guys. And that last pick was after Boucher, it was a Barker and then Norm Powell and then Dante DiVincenzo, which is one of those guys I think has got a big opportunity. And then uh, Doug Norrie, you took Nerlens Noel, and that was another guy that I was talking about because if, if uh, Mitch Robinson, like we talked about, doesn't get the starting job, it's going to be Noel. And like we talked about with Boucher, if Noel gets 25 minutes a night, then the top 100 is getting absolutely demolished and he will get those numbers in a huge way. So I do like that one from you there, Doug, of Noel. Um, I assume you're thinking the same way as me, Doug? Well, yeah, and I just want to say something. I live in like the DFS world. That's where my fantasy expertise is. And Boucher is just one of those guys that on nights where like Gasol was going to sit he would just be the highest owned play yep. every single night because he'd come in super cheap and then absolutely obliterate things on a per minute basis. So um, the, the Baines piece worries me a little bit, but yeah, when he, he's a, he's like one of the true fantasy like gods per minute that exists in the NBA. And with the Noel thing, I'm, uh, I'm just like, I'm saying, I'm hoping that Thibodeau just is just goes old school and wants to play, you know, a guy that, that he thinks that he, that he can quote unquote trust more. And I just actually, I just need rebounds at this point because I've I've gone so guard heavy. So that's why I went. I'm hoping that Abaka starts on some nights where they go small, and then backed it up with Noel, and hoping that they just that they for some reason ignore the youth movement again with that with Mitch Robinson. John Corrales is making his pick now, but Sean Woodley chose DeAnthony Melton. Um, do you, I think that they should? But do you think that they would start or, or give Melton minutes at the expense of Dylan Brooks? I know that Dylan Brooks, you know, Canadian legend Dylan Brooks, maybe you wouldn't want to disparage his name, but what's the thinking with Melton here? Yeah, I mean, like they just invested in him. I figure he's probably going to get a bit of an uptick. Um, and, you know, if Jackson's out to start the season, maybe everyone kind of slides down a little bit. They slide Brooks to the three a little bit. Melton, you know, the, the team doesn't have any shooting, so Melton maybe offers some of that. Uh, you know, it's uh, another guy who I picked because he's fun and I like watching the Grizzlies, oh. so I'm, I'm on board with that. But either way, guys, my butter chicken is finished, so I am going to be logging off and making the rest of my picks without my headphones on. Enjoy, Sean. Thank you for joining us. Um, Sean Coleman, actually. Let, we'll talk about Melton's role this year. Yeah, uh, so it probably is going to be 20 to 25 minutes tonight. You know, it, it's kind of a dilemma because Dylan's probably going to go to the three. You think Melton probably would make the most sense at the two with his, you know, role with the expanded role he got last year. But Grayson Allen could make some sense as a shooter to replace Jaron Jackson Jr. But at the end of the day, I think Melton gets 20 to 25 minutes. And if he does, he obviously helps your defensive stats. I do think that he does get a little bit of an uptick in three point shots. And in general, you know, he should also get some good looks with a 
year of this roster playing together, get some better looks at the rim for his field goal percentage to goes up. So I think at least to start the year, he's 20 to 25 minutes tonight. If that stays consistently to injuries or whatever it may be, I think it's a good compliment to Jaw, especially you will see him fill up the stat sheet. So I like the pick maybe in non-traditional ways, but I really like the pick. Corrales, you took uh, PJ Tucker. Um, why? <laughs> um, because yeah, why? I don't know. Because I'm thinking that maybe he's going to want to audition for a trade and maybe he'll try to do more stuff. I don't know. That's... I have no real justification for that. Fair thing, enough. To be honest with you. After him, it was DeMarcus Cousins, then it was James Wiseman. Now, Adam, Obi Toppin. I don't want to hear any more about Obi Wan. Yes, sir. Um, I, uh, okay, so. Sorry. What, what are we doing with Obi? I, I, I don't say it. Tom Thibodeau, notorious lover of bad defensive players and rookies, and you have got mm -hmm. a rookie who's a bad defensive player. How much do you think he's playing? There you here? go. I want to go max minutes with this guy. If you're, if you're, oh, listen, I, I'm just taking a flyer at this point. Fair Actually, enough. Demarcus Cousins going there just prior was, uh, that's the guy that I wanted to take a look at almost with your question around PJ Tucker. I feel like if he gets in there healthy in Houston, he can play alongside Wood, and that that could be a really nice pick there uh, if he comes back and is committed there in Houston. The Obi Toppin piece, obviously, I mean, honestly, this is no more than a flyer for me. I'm just hoping that he's on the floor, he's getting minutes, and maybe he creates some balance there on the offensive side of the ball when you want to take some of what Julius Randle was doing way too much of last year and shift some of that some of that over to Obi Toppin. Sean Coleman, uh, Matisse Thibel, I guess this is similar to your love of the D'Anthony Melton pick, just racking up those defensive numbers. Yeah, and I think that I think that he could eventually make sense as someone that gets extensive minutes in Philadelphia. I know that they were talking about you know Maxi. I know you've got Seth Curry, you've got uh, Tobias Harris, but I think that you know. I feel Doc Rivers could be a good boost to his offensive game as well. If he gets any type of 20 to 25 minute a night pull, I think that with the, all the other talent around him, he could put up some sneaky offensive stats. But also, I do like the fact that he is a defensive stat stuffer as well. I should have re referenced him by his actual name, Aussie legend Matisse Thibel, who will be playing for the Australian Olympic team at the Olympics. So that's uh, that's good, good for him. Jackson Gatlin, what are you doing here? <sighs> Um, I'm looking for a little bit more scoring. That's what I'm prioritizing right now. Um, and I think there's just a few guys at the top of this list that are interesting to me, but I think I'm going to go, I think I'm probably just going to go Lou Williams right now. All right. So former Rockets legend, Lou Williams going there. We've got a couple of picks to discuss that. I, I think there's a massive chance that he's traded this year, to be honest. And maybe that's good for him. Um, because the situation with Luke Kennard arriving, who is not that dissimilar to what Lou Williams does might actually, and the fact that he's uh, like everyone a year older, but he's also 35, unlike most other NBA players that might put a bit of a, a cramp in. Now it's coming up to my pick here. The Knicks and the Thunder are going to pick. And now this is where I'm shitting myself because I want Darius Basley with this next pick. And the fact that the Thunder are ahead of me and they, uh, they there's a real chance I go for him is going to annoy me. And I was debating just getting in early when I picked PJ Washington before, but I'm picking Darius Basley if he gets through the Thunder here. And I'm going to be real pissed if I don't get him at this point. But we'll see what the Knicks do with this next selection. Um, and maybe I have to take a, another, another Knicks guy as well because there's another Knicks player that I want with my next pick as well. If uh, that might not slide. Wait, through. did you take Basley? Oh no, you didn't. No, I'm waiting for it. I'm, I'm waiting to see what uh, Ryland That's, does here. I, can I just say something? I know I hate to piggyback this. This was Basley was going to be my ne my next pick for 100. percent I was just praying that he fell this far. Like that is that's a, such an awesome pick. He's just going to play so much. Like 
when Sean Coleman asked me before, like, you know, what are you looking for? I didn't want to say the name, but this is what I'm talking about. A guy that's just going to get minutes and going to get shots. And Basley's going to yeah. get, you bastard. Of course he took him. That is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is the problem. Well, and, I, and I do think also with Basley, because that's who the Grizzlies traded up. There was the OKC Thunder. We traded up to 21 to get Clark. They got Basley. There was a legitimate reason why Basley was right there with Williams and Clark in last year's draft, the 19 draft. I think Basley has the potential to really erupt this year to be that top two or three outlet guy with SGA going forward for the Thunder. I think there could be some quality with this quantity as well. That's a real prick move. Yeah, it's there. such a good pick. Oh, I, th- I, th- I thought I thought there was a very clear chance he was going to fall. To and I'm like 12 picks away, but he's so far down the board. That's a real bastard of a pick. That one. Um, I'm going to take. Uh, Otto Porter and not feel good about it. And I'll tell you what else I'm going to do, which I absolutely hate that I'm going to do, but I do need some scoring and I don't care how bad of a free throw uh, field goal percentage guy he's going to be. And that is Anthony Edwards. And I I don't feel good about it. I'm just, uh, I'm not feeling good about Basley going, but I'm going to just take that flyer on Edwards and hopefully, hopefully Ben Beacon really wants him and I'll trade him for someone who's actually good at this point. But uh, yeah, that is not, I do not enjoy that Basley pick going. Ryland, you... Yeah. All right. Anyway, it's back to him now. What's he going to do? He's going to back it up with Lou Dort. I reckon there's a chance he might. He'll, he'll go for Dort here just to really get the Thunder guys going. Um, Jackson, what are you? Which former Rocket are you looking to draft here? I haven't taken that many former Rockets. No, you haven't. You just, have well, I, what have you taken? You've taken. Now you've got current Rocket Christian Wood, and you've got former current Rocket Daniel, Daniel House, House and, and former Rocket. Former Rocket. There you go. Three guys. It's not too yeah, okay. bad. That's, I mean, I guess. Um, I haven't really uh, decided what I'm doing with this pick here yet. Uh, I'm kind of uh, weighing all my odds right now. So you're going to have to circle back to me in a second. All right. So we just had Tim Hardaway go to Ryland. Uh, I've hated so many of Ryland's picks, apart from the one that I actually wanted, which annoys me. Hardaway played like only 30 minutes a night last year, and now Josh Richardson's going to be getting some of those minutes too. Hardaway's fine as a three-point specialist. I'm not sure he's got much upside at this, uh, at this stage. Uh, we'll see what the Knicks do with this next pick there's some there's some pretty decent names on the board but i'm st- i'm still fuming about that uh that basley one that is that is not feeling good um all right now you guys who are on here you you know the sleepers for your team you, you know some interesting rotation guys that, that are coming through so i'm going to interested to see what you guys actually do with some of these picks um where are where are we at come on nicks make your selection um who's feeling good about their team <coughs> Nets. I feel great about the Nets. Okay. How do you feel about your fantasy team? Oh, sorry. Yeah, the fantasy I, I, team. I, I, Good lord. He was going. <laughs> I was trying to. I was trying to uh, redirect that away from my fantasy <laughs> team. Uh, I thought. I thought. Listen. I felt good about some of the early stuff that I. You know, some of the early players that I got, whether they were a little bit of a reach at, at the time. I felt good about it, but now in the back end of stuff, filling it out feels like. Uh, there's possibly some more experienced guys rolling around this uh, this draft that are getting some some sleeper picks that are going to have real value down the line. Goran Dragic goes uh, off the board there. Who was that? We're going to talk uh, real quick. Corrales, how much are you expecting uh, Tristan Thompson to play this year? Um, honestly, I think he has the potential to be a starter. So um, the, the hamstring is not going to bother him for too much longer. I think he's going to get back before the season starts. He'll split the time with Daniel Tice one way or another or another. I don't know if he's going to get 35 minutes, uh, but uh, I think he he could potentially be a starter uh, at some point by the you know, before the season ends. Um, the only question is how much how much time does Robert Williams demand? Uh, if he if the Celtics give Robert Williams 
some some playing time. That's going to cut into his and Tice's time. So they might they might decide to go with a, a three a three man rotation at the center. John, but I like I like Tristan Thompson. I, I, I think I think that they should play him a bunch. Here's a question for you: When Thompson signed, I put out a tweet saying something along the lines on, you know, interesting. Well, there goes Thompson off the board there to, to Jackson after that mm-hmm. Thompson discussion. But after um, you know, when he was signed, I put out a tweet saying, yeah, that, yeah, interesting move, good price. But yeah, you know, I've said I'm I'm not sure that that he's any better than Daniel Tice. In fact, I think Tice might be better. Channing Fry got a hold of that tweet and wasn't wasn't happy with it. What do you think? Do you think Tice <laughs> do you think Tice is a better player than Tristan Thompson? I think I think they're different players that are that are equally good at what they do. Um, so, well, in I terms of fit that, with this team, then, sorry, in terms of fit with the Celtics, who who if you were designing and, the rotation, but see, this is the thing with the with the fit with the Celtics. I think the way the Celtics are built, they're so focused on their perimeter players that they they need these two different types of centers that they can throw out there based on personnel. So Tristan Thompson takes over, in some respects, the Ennis Cantor role where he plays bigger against bigger centers, uh, is a rebounder, but he's, a, he's so much better as a defender that they could use him a little bit more than they used Ennis Cantor. But Daniel Tice is more mobile. Um, theoretically, if he can get that three-pointer three to fall, then he can be a guy that, that can uh, spread the floor so they they just need they need different things from different players and maybe within matchups within the games. So I think the reason why these two are going to split time and you can see them both average 24 minutes a game is because they do so many different things differently. They combine into the perfect center, but they're just in two pieces. Daniel Tice goes one pick after Tristan Thompson to you, Sean Coleman. Adam, you make your pick, and then I'll get back to you in a sec. Sean, um, so you're just hearing all this talk about Celtic centers and just sort of yeah, splitting the difference here, I'm guessing. Well, no, I, that was I, the guy I was trying to look for for the um, draft took my guy. I was um, Hopefully the guy I'm looking for will drop to me. Tice was a mistake. He didn't mean to be my pick. Ah, there you go. In- interesting that Daniel Tice uh, goes there as, as a mistake. But there's a few of those here. That's where we get the trade market going after this. And this league, you know, I'm going to update this throughout the season on Locked On Fantasy Basketball. You guys are all welcome to do that on your show as well and see how this all plays out. Um, Adam, all right. So, what do you, you Marcus Sol? All right. So, we talked. We heard John say he's gonna. He thinks he's gonna play a limited role. Do you think that that is uh, incorrect, or you're just happy with that production at this level? Yeah, I don't think that he's gonna have the same minutes or anything close to what he even had last year necessarily. But on a roster, when you talk about Anthony Davis wanting to play down at the four at times, the perimeter shooting it at least gives enough of an upside that I think the small sample size will still be in. Enough. It'd be enough to give me some value. After Marcus Sol was Duncan Robinson, it was Tyrus Halliburton, who I mentioned already, I think might be a chance to start for the Kings at some point this year over Buddy Heald, because I think his fit with Fox is really, really strong. Um, John, you got a you got a Celtics sleeper for us here, or are you going a different direction? Well, I mean, I might as well go for the the Celtics sleeper. I mean, what the hell? It's it's the next to last pick. So uh why don't I just take Aaron Neesmith, so I can talk about Aaron Neesmith as a potential guy that can come in and hit threes for the Boston Celtics. Uh, The Celtics are thin on the bench, so especially to start the season with Kemba uh, on the the bench. So I feel like I feel like Neesmith is going to have an opportunity. He's a, a versatile forward that they hope if he can pick up the stuff defensively. 
then he'll get plenty of offensive opportunities playing off of whatever Tatum and Brown can create. Doug, you are up. What are you doing here? Are you going upside? Are you looking at a specific position? Which way are you looking? Yeah, so I think I know what I'm going to do here. And it's be- and I'm a- well, there's one piece I'm worried about it with, but I, I'm still trying to hunt some rebounds down here. And I'm going to go with Larry Nance because – one, they, they actually weirdly played Nance, Love, and Drummond together a decent amount in a few games where they did it at the end of the last season. So there's some reason to believe that he doesn't get totally killed on minutes. Um, and he's essentially the backup center. So there's a world where he become he could really, really shoot up you in terms have, of permanent. You don't have faith in JaVale McGee to be the backup center? What's that? You don't have faith in JaVale McGee as the backup center? No, not totally. Especially if they go, especially if they go a little bit smaller. So I'm, I'm. There's a, there's a world here where per minute wise, I think he goes above ADP, and it's, and it's a risk. So some of these other guys just kind of feel a little milk toast to me at this point. Yeah, the, the upside there is fine with him. I think that the drafting of Isaac Okoro probably, and the return of Dylan Windler also, and I think there's a real chance that Windler has an opportunity to start. To be honest, I think they really like what he can do shooting wise. That they might cut some of those Nance at the three minutes away. Um, but you're right. If he plays 25 a night, he's going to have value. DeAndre Jordan goes to Doug Branson at the end of round 12. I think that's a strong pick. Again, if they start Jordan incorrectly, but if they start him, it, it's uh, it's going to have some value. So a, a good selection there from uh, from Doug. At, uh, at pick 144, it was. Um, let's see what else he's doing. Probably no, uh, no, no Hornets guys that he's looking at, unless he wants to go with Miles Bridges at this spot. Let's see what he is doing. And then it's back to you, Doug, after that. Now, Doug, you've gone with a nice four power forwards in a row run. Um, yeah, I know what, I know what I'm going to do here. Uh, and it's, it's it's either Will Barton or Jeff Teague for me here. And essentially, they're hedges against other guys I have. Like, Barton's a slight hedge against Porter. And Teague is a slight hedge. Oh, that makes it easy because they just Jeff Teague just went. So he was the other guy. Um, so, I think Barton's a better option than Teague there anyway, to be honest. Yeah, to te- the Teague piece was to try to grab a lot of those early point guard minutes early on. And then I would just stream someone else in later yep. um but the barton that just makes the decision easy so i'm going to take barton it protects against porter and he was a guy like people kind of forget about him because he didn't play in the bubble but this is a pretty good fantasy asset at this point and i get the porter kind of probably leapfrogged them but yeah but then let me put it this way if barton plays in the bubble he goes much higher than this yep um oh, no doubt and with grant gone there's still going to be plenty of opportunity as well there sure will be. Now I'll tell you what, I'm gonna make an early prediction here. I reckon that when we get back to Ryland, that he's gonna he's gonna take a fly with uh Alexei Pokusevsky. That's that's my bet. Let's see how that works when we get back to that. Gary Trent goes to Sean Woodley at 147. John Corrales locked on Celtics. You are up for another pick here. I don't think you got any yeah. Celtics guys to go with here, have you? Unless you got Robert Williams, are you gonna go gonna go that deep? No, no, no. I'm I'm done with the Celtics. I've taken I've taken the three guys. That's I can't even pretend anymore. Um, but I have no clue who I'm going for here. Former Celtic Jay Crowder still there? Still there. Future says future Celtic JJ Redick is still on the board. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is this is a tough one. I mean, it's it's my second to last bench spot, so I've just got to. You know, I'm gonna take a shot. Here's what I'm gonna do. This is this is probably a throwaway, but I'm just gonna stash Cam Reddish for a minute here and just see if he carves out a role. I think I think there's potential there. I think there's something that he can do. I know the forwards forward spot in Atlanta is 
is packed. Um, but if if something goes wrong with Gallinari, I've got Reddish there. And if Reddish shows something, then great. If not, then I dump him and I find somebody else that's no, I think pick up somebody off a waiver wire. I think it's a strong pick to get him there, to be honest. Um, I think it's a chance that he's starting at the three. He's going to get decent minutes. The Hawks really like him, and he came on strong at the end of last season. Spencer Dinwiddie goes after him to the Locked On Wolves, and Kevin Herter, I think he's going to really suffer the, the minutes crunch there in Atlanta. really worry about what Herter's role is going to be. Adam, you are... I'm glad you said I, that because I almost went with Herter. Nah, I, I would take Reddish over Herter. I think that Herter... Look, Bogdanovich is just going to eat all of his minutes pretty much, and they are... I built, From what I understand, and if, if Brad Rowland was here from Locked On Hawks, he'd probably confirm this, that they are much higher on Reddish than they are on Herter. Adam, what are you doing? I'm just, I'm looking through it. Uh, I would like to take a flyer on, on, a, on a deeper selection here, but I want to make sure uh, there's a chance that I'm sitting thin. Rebound numbers uh, might not be the strongest for me right now. Uh, I'll, I'll just go with a guy that I expect to see at least out there on the floor. I'm going to grab a Baines here just to fill out some of my bigs. I think it's a, I think it's a strong pick. I think it's a it's a good. He's probably going to be the starter. He's going to put up some decent enough minutes. And then, Sean, you've taken Luke Kennard, who is probably going to be squished a little bit there for playing time with um, Lou Williams on that bench. Um, but he was really good last year, so I guess you're just hoping for a Williams trade or for him to outplay uh, him or Patrick Beverly. And I also think that you could see, um, you know, if if the you know Clippers want, I'm buying into Luke Kennard's passing ability. I don't think yep. that he good. is going to be the point guard, but at least in half court options, I think that he could get some passing minutes. And he also offers good full and free throw upside, plus threes. So I, I think that there could be some spacing available, and he really could put up some good efficiency numbers when he gets his looks. Jackson. I guess the playoff series really, uh, really twisted you into this one, Lou Dort, who uh, yeah had some had some moments against Houston. Uh, how worried are you about the horrendous shooting percentages though? Uh, we're, we're, we're buying into Dort Knox. Uh, you know, the, the horrendous shooting is uh, hopefully it's something that he's been working on. Um, but, you know, he's he's going to be one of those guys, right, that just gets a, a huge chunk of minutes this next season. Oh, and and I'm hoping that that kind of plays out. All right, so it wasn't Pokusevsky going to Ryland, so that's interesting. Terrence Ross and then Cameron Johnson. So I'm going to take a guy that everybody knows that everyone listens to this podcast knows that I like. So that's going to be Dylan Wright, who I think is going to start for Detroit. And if he doesn't, he's going to get pretty decent minutes coming off the bench. So that's my pick. And now I'm down to my last selection. Who, ooh, what am I doing with this one? What I like to do here is... No, I'm not going to take that guy. I'll mention him in a second. I'll take Darius Garland just as, as a flyer at pick 158. I'm happy with grabbing him there. There's another guy that, that I wanted and probably should have taken him, but we'll go with Garland there. We'll see if this other guy goes off the board soon. Um, yeah, Garland's just my flyer type player there at the end. And then it's George Hill. No, he didn't take Pocky Seriously. He didn't take another Thunder player in George Hill. So that's Ryland's team's done. The Knicks are up. I predict the Knicks are going to take Alfred Payton with this selection. And then it is back to you, Jackson. What are you? Who are you targeting? Got any idea? I don't. I'm looking for another uh, looking for another sleeper pick at this point. I'm gonna just kind of peruse the board and see what I got. All right. So we're waiting for the Knicks to make their pick. Um, no, Kevin Porter Jr. goes to the uh, to the Knicks. Porter again. It's a little bit squished in there in terms of minutes, um, but he showed some real ability last year. And it'd be interesting to see if he can get on the court. Now it is you, Jackson. Talk us through what you're doing. You know, this is a guy that I thought about grabbing earlier, and I think I'm just going to go with him now. Uh, I think I'm going to roll Derek Favors, actually. I like that pick. Okay. How much do you think he's going to play next to Gobert? 
I personally, I mean, I, I just kind of think that he is going to shore up that rotation for the Jazz. I was a little worried about picking him earlier, thinking about, you know, Bogdanovich and how many minutes he's going to get because uh, they were, you know, at their best. It felt like when they had him alongside Gobert. So, but I mean, as the backup there, that's, he's definitely a part of that uh, top seven, top eight Jazz rotation. So he is. There's no doubt about that. Sean Coleman, your last pick, Juancho Hernan Gomez, who I believe will be the starting power forward in Minnesota, although it could be Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Is that you thinking Juancho is getting that job? Yes, it looks like that there has been some confirmation that he will be. And I think that there's across the board production, especially if he can get 25 minutes a night. You know, and some, you know, if you sleep on him as an offensive player, I think you can put it up on with some rebounding numbers as well. He's also, for his size, very good with the swipe. So I think there's some good across the board, low end bench production if he gets 25 minutes a night. We, uh, who's up next? I think it's you, Adam. You are correct, sir. Uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm messing around here for a second. So if anybody has any thoughts around, uh, this stage of the draft, feel free as I just scroll through briefly over the next 30 seconds. I've got thoughts. I'm not sure I'm going to give them away because I might want to grab this uh-huh. later on. Well, thank, thanks for nothing, Josh. I mean, <laughs> steal my, steal my fantasy league idea. And then you don't even give me yeah, a little uh, bit of heads up. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll just flick you a message. I mean, how much opportunity? I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to take Rudy Gay. So how much if, opportunity if, is Rudy Gay going to get in San Antonio? If I was a point guard needy team, I would go name value here. I'd look at John Wall. John Wall's gone. He went ages oh, ago. He, he got picked. My bad. I yeah. thought that I saw him still. On nah, Doug Branson took him round seven. Um, what were you asking, Rudy Gay? I think they're going to limit Gay, to be honest. I think Gay might get bought out by the Spurs. Yeah. Oh, there's Alfred Payton. That's a, that's a massive pick from Brendan. He is absolutely on top of this. Josh Okogie goes to you. Adam, how, many, how do you, much do you think uh, Okogie's playing? I, I just don't know how they're fitting him in. Well, well sorry, what was that? I don't know how I don't know how they're fitting a Kogi into this rotation. No, I honestly, I, I, that's not that's not the strongest pick that I wanted to make there. I think that obviously with the draft that they had, you're potentially just looking at him maybe getting pushed out of the rotation. So, uh, you know, at best that's a wait and see what happens there if he carves out a rule for himself. But more than likely, that's going to be a a, a droppable a droppable roster spot for me as I need to fill things in as we move along. I probably should have picked Alfred Payton with my last pick instead of Garland, but I just went with an upside type guy. I think Payton's got massive upside. Uh, Jay Crowder went, then Gary Harris goes to you, John. Nice, Gary! Um, what do we think of uh, Gary Harris? I, I'm not sure he's ever going to shoot again. I just don't think the shooting's ever coming back. Well, that's, that's the thing. With my last pick... It's it's a it's a bet. Yep. It's yep. just a maybe maybe he either gets traded somewhere where he can start fresh. Uh, maybe he finds his way into the rotation in Denver. Um, it's, it's basically I'm drafting the potential of Gary Harris. If he finds his way, then he'd be the steal at, at with the last pick in the draft. Uh, otherwise, I drop him. Yep. Absolutely no problem with that at all. Jakob Pertl goes to uh, Sean Woodley. Doug Norrie, your last pick. What are you doing? Yeah, it's either it's either Rogier or Burks for me here. Oh, Rogier's um, still around. Yeah, that's 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 good value. What's I say it again? Sorry, I, said, I didn't hear you. Rogier being around is pretty good value. Yeah, the, I'm just, it's it's a hedge on Lamelo sucking, but the Burks thing, like just like a microwave guy off the bench, is like something yep. that feels like Thibodeau could fall in love with. So I like it as well. I'll probably end up. I'm going to take Rozier only because he started last year, and then and we'll just hope that Melo sucked in camp. Well, I'll tell you the guy that I was going to pick that I'm looking at as a flyer in a lot of leagues is Facundo Campazzo in Denver. Just getting a guy that might give you five assists in 24 minutes, and there is talk that he might actually be a starter next to Jamal Murray. 
Um, that's just an interesting flyer guy, but there was a lot more value to me on the board there. Now, Doug Branson makes his last pick. And of course, it's a Hornets player. It is Miles Bridges. That'll do it, guys, because we've been talking for a bloody long time here. Um, John Carlos, thank you. My pleasure. Doug Norrie. Looking forward to be the doorman. Yeah, you never know. Doug Norrie, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Josh. Um, who else we got? Sean Coleman, thank you. Been a pleasure. Nice to meet y'all. Y'all have a good one, guys. Happy holidays. Adam Umbrick, thank See you. you thank you, sir. Thanks for setting it up and getting this run. Looking forward to it. Jackson Gatlin, thank you as well. Thank you so much for getting this set up. It was a pleasure. It was awesome, and I look forward to uh, sucking in this league. All right, that was an absolute monster of a draft because we were talking a lot. There's a lot of people on there. Got to have those chats with people, but really, really, um, really good results and good to have some local experts talking about their team. If there's anyone still listening to this, please uh, please either drop a comment below in the video or tweet it at me, uh, whatever the code word is for today's show. Let's think of what the code word, what's in, what's in front of me. Just um, comment Rocket League because I've got the PlayStation Rocket League disc in front of me. Rocket League is your secret code to tell me you made it through to the end. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. Guys, finally, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.